can use barbed hooks, but in Oklahoma, they cannot. They have to use barbless hooks, which I can see that in that instance because seeing what kind of damage, especially when you're snagging something, um, I can see what kind of damage it does to the fish, and a lot of the smaller fish do not survive um, that snag. Um, I can understand, but if you're just straight, you know, not snagging, I guess, or just fishing, I, I don't see any any difference in it. Yeah, my thing is, especially with muskies, they jump a lot. The hook's just gonna come right out. They throw the hook so many times as it is, and even with barbed hooks, I just don't want to. Yeah. And even then, I was looking at. Um, Replacing the hooks on a couple of baits I have that have been filed so many times that there's nothing left. Uh, thanks to COVID and the supply chain being so shitty, you can only buy the hooks in bulk. And seven on hooks right now are like thirty or forty bucks for a pack of ten. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna destroy the hook <laughs> as soon as I buy it. Yeah, I get it. So I, I would never thing, go barbless. Hmm? At, at least with uh, California or. Where I was fishing up north, uh, the big thing there was fly fishing and uh, mostly fly fishing for salmon and striper. Because when they're coming in, they're on the run to spawn. And, you know, a lot of that is manufactured. You know, the fisheries out there, they're trying to keep the hatcheries alive. Um, so the big thing is, as they're coming up the river, they're so close to being on their spawning ground that they want to induce as little stress as possible. Um, and so I think that's why they've gone barbless. So if you do season. catch something, say what? Just close the season. So that's what Wisconsin does during the majority of spawning seasons. It's closed, fishing closed. Yep. And and I know that they have they have a window that they can fish and fuck. I think I was there in 2011, so it's been Holy fuck, it's been a decade. Yeah, it's been 10 I've years. Been but anywho, so it's been a while, so I don't recall everything about it, but I do know all the flies I got, I pretty much had to mash the barb down. Uh, they do have a season, but I think that was their big thing, is to induce as little stress on the fish as they're coming upriver, once they get from the estuaries into the river system as possible. So maybe I'm off on that. Fuck, maybe a listener will correct me, but that's what I remember. And I had so many fish jump off the hook when I was fly fishing because of that. It was pretty yeah. shitty. I couldn't imagine fly fishing with a barbless hook. It's, it's a already, motherfucker. It, it's hard enough as it is already, much less throwing a barbless hook in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not destroying my hooks like that. Yeah, so it it was shitty, but I mean it was fun nonetheless. Fuck, I barely do it now, but I I'd, I'd love to go fly fishing a little bit more. But but yeah, I do think it's it's something that you know I know they've gone to, and I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if other states and states do that as well. Have you seen? Uh... It's something that took off for a while. Surprised it didn't get bigger. Um, fly fishing for muskies? No, I haven't seen Dude. that. 
I looked at it because I was toying with the idea of getting into it. And hold on, I believe. Sounds like it'd be a blast. Yeah, here, I'm going to put you on screen share real quick. Do you see? Mm, there we go. Okay, yes. Look how much these motherfuckers are. Oh, those are expensive ones. And I have them on this website. They have the little cheap flies. Spoons. Yeah. Those are big spoons. Spoons. Like, those are big spoons. Those are cheap flies. Those are expensive ones. <clears throat> Come on. Do you guys have them? But only the flies are what you're throwing with the fly rod. They don't. They're not throwing these spoons, right? No, that was just a that was just a category. Okay. Oh, that was just all the baits. I got you. I got spoons, flies, and jigs. Um, bondy baits, jigs, spoons, bondy spinners, topwaters, jerks, glides, bucktails, CNI keys. What the fuck? Do they not have? Oh my god. So we're gonna fix this. Go to Google and type in fly fly fishing flies for musky. Musky flies. Yeah. There we go. I'm hoping I could find <laughs> in stock flies. There we go. Shut the fuck up, Scotty. You're a dick. Damn. See, these are still not that expensive. Yeah. Ow, you fucking ad. <laughs> what was the price range you were looking at? 150 a fly. What? For what? Yeah, buddy. For God what? damn it. Was it made so we of just, gold? Pretty much. We just had the Chicago Muskie Expo here not that long yeah. ago. And uh, they had a, a custom uh, fly tire there. Yeah. And his his tie his flies were hundred to hundred and fifty a piece. Oh, and custom, custom. I could see that. Well, these are all pretty much custom. Um, but these are cheaper. Yeah, because like but, the the big stuff still, that you'll throw for uh, what is it uh, like snook, um, and big reds on the Gulf. Like you'll yeah. spend thirty forty bucks a fly. I've seen. Yeah, that's probably about the same here. And I think they sell fly rods here. I think the other thing I looked at was musky fly rods. Yeah. Man, I used to scoff at ten to fifteen dollar bass lures, much less <laughs> thirty to forty dollars. Goodness. Dude. Yeah. I'm, so I just watched uh, the most recent musky hunter uh, a couple a few days ago or last week, whenever it was. And um, they're fishing the same chain of lakes that I'm going to be fishing this tournament in May. And um, where is all this bullshit? Uh, he was using a lure by Chaos Tackle. It's called the Tap Dancer. And I was looking to get yeah. them because I know they're only like 40 bucks a piece. And um, for, uh, for flies? No, just for it's a, it's a swim or a glide bait. Okay. Um, they're currently sold out, and all the people got them on seventy-five to a hundred bucks a pop. Holy cow! What is? 
$589. For a rod, yes. St. Croix, St. Croix Legend Elite 9-foot musky rod, 600 the bucks. Old, the old St. Croix. Hey man, if you want to follow it, you got to pay for it. I used to have all the St. Croix rods. I'm kind of getting away from them. Yeah, but man, I just bought I mean, me. A I don't know, like this Predator rod. Like down but, south, I feel like uh, St. Croix. Like I don't know if maybe there's just a different market or they don't do saltwater reels or rods. But but man, like you can get a really high dollar um, saltwater reel. Jesus, salt dollar rod for 200, 300 bucks. Wait, yeah. to see the, wait to see the prices on musky reels. Let's see, those are the pens, 200 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah, 13. 13's nice. Um, yeah. I've got this, but in the HD series, they're a little more than that. Oh, this is what I have. Alexa HD. Fucking love it. I broke it, and I had to pay to have it fixed, but I love it. Yeah. Let's see. But I have, are they going to show tranks? Uh, oh. When I, Here's a 500. Oh, that right, right there, there, baby. Look at right that. There. Just for a real. Good. Cal $520 for a Shimano Tranks 500 musky reel. No thanks. That 249 is where it's at. That Calcutta. Oh, the Calcutta's are fucking tits. Uh, dude, I've got a. Uh, I've got a 400 Cordura, which is uh, it's like the Toyota to the Lexus, but I fucking love it. It's just a little too big of a reel for me. So I I run my um my Lexa 400 HD, and I yep. really like it. But it is big, but it's a six three to one gear ratio. All right, see so these are cheaper musky rods. They're three hundred bucks. The ones I'll oh, see here it is G Luma six seventy five. On a four piece nine weight, or hold on nine foot eleven. Nine, yeah, nine foot eleven weight four piece. Jesus. Nine fifty, nine fifty. Yeah, it's, and then there's a special reel. Because you got to be able to accept the bigger lines and the bigger leaders. Right. And those were also stupid expensive. Like I said, it's something I looked at and then I quickly stopped looking at it. Because they're using a modified saltwater reel. Which I know the saltwater reels are a couple hundred bucks. Um, ah, fuck. So we used to use the pin 309s for snagging. Look at that. We don't really use those anymore. We've switched to a, um, it's called a Cast King. By, um, that, that, that's just, that's the, that's the brand name is Cast King. Um, You can buy them. Yes, with, uh, with the. K's instead of C's, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. K's. So I found these reels on Amazon, and they're like eighty bucks a pop, and you can buy, um, you can buy the warranty on them. 
Yeah. So snagging, we we tear up the reels a lot because uh, when you hit the fish, um, a lot of times, so well, sometimes you know, they'll take the drag, but then sometimes they'll they'll strip the gears out of them depending on how big the fish is. Jesus. And so we'll have to. Uh, sometimes we have to send them in at the end of the year and oh. and get them warranted. <laughs> See, here's, here's Able SDS 910 fly reel, 1100 bucks, 1200 bucks. Yeah, that hatch reel's fucking 920. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, so but, going back to those rods real quick, are they one? using like uh, the uh, fly rods? Are they yep. using like modified spay rods? How big I, are they? What's, what's the size of the rods? Why are they getting so they fucking on? expensive? Because of how they have to build the rods, it all has to do with the flex on them. So, your typical fly rod, as far as my knowledge is, most of the flex is built into the underside of the rod because the fish that people typically fish for fly rods um, don't jump as much as a muskie. So, they have to, they have to build the rods to flex left, right, up, down, like they got to be built to flex a lot, and you'll see that in some. I learned uh, what the fuck. Something I learned from a fishing podcast I listened to. Um, it's like that Saint Croix Legend Elite rod. That's that six hundred dollar rod that I showed you on your website. Yeah. The way it's built to flex, it's only built to flex down. So people who use them to troll them, they'll flex not- on the sides. And they'll crack and break, and then you break a six hundred dollar reel trolling it, or six hundred dollar rod trolling it. Because, all right, so here's a cheaper kit, four hundred thirty bucks for a cheaper rod and reel. Here's just a yeah. Temple Fork Outfitters. They're one of the big ones in the fly fishing game. Yeah, that's those. All my rods are Temple oh, Forks. Yeah. So, so and I think I think I've got maybe three of them. Uh, I think typically I spent two fifty to four hundred on them, and then you got your reels probably anywhere. I think my saltwater setup. I bought a Allen reel. They're a local company here out of Texas, and I think I spent maybe two fifty on an eight weight reel. So okay. I think I think that bad boy was maybe five hundred out the door, ready to fish. But I mean that's not. Holy shit! So extra fast. Okay. These rods are these rods are only nine feet long, though. Yeah, I mean that's standard nine foot. That's yeah. where we're getting. Line. So in the musky game, that's where we're getting with our bait casters. Our bait casters are getting longer than that now. Yeah. Holy fuck. That's ridiculous. Well, fuck. What was that rod I tried? I I asked you if you wanted to buy the. Oh, it was a lama glass. I don't remember. Yeah, lima glass, lama glass, something like that. I think that's a two-piece, nine-six, nine-eight, well, something like that. So here's telescoping nine-six. Um, there's sevens and eights. The eight-six I just bought is a one-piece. These are Shimano Skicks. I think these are ten-piecers or ten-footers. You can get them in ten-foot now. I so pretty much they're more six. expensive because a typical fishing rod is meant to flex on one axis, and that's just down, where 
a musky rod has to be able to flex left, right, up, down. Well, no, even um, the way muskies, musky fishing is getting and evolving is there's rods now for different applications. So like um, Chaos Tackle have rods that are good for crankbaits, bucktails, and they'll have rods that are trolling bait, trolling live baits, and they all are designed to flex in different areas. Like the trolling live bait rods are, are supposed to flex more on the side uh, versus like um, a crankbait bucktail topwater rod. Where they want to flex them down more, because that's where the where when they're building the blanks, that's where the reinforcement of the backbone is. Interesting, dude. It's fucking crazy what they're doing. So I don't see them on here, but Elk River Customs. Uh, my buddy who I'm fishing turn with bought one of them. They're like a $400 rod. He bought a used one at a, at the Muskie Expo four or five years ago for like. 300 or some shit and it's an 8.6 extra heavy rod and you can pick me up with that rod the way it's with how much backbone it has it's unbelievable musky fishing is expensive yes it doesn't it's not a cheap hobby just come down here spend 200 bucks get you a 13 fish uh, 13 fishing combo and we'll go out and we'll catch a bunch of reds and trout. Done and done. Yeah, so here's... here's I'll take you nine, up on that offer. Here's a nine-foot legend. I believe these are these are one-piece rods. And they're fucking 600 bucks. <clears throat> yeah, it's a fun game. Dude. Sounds like the only game if you're playing it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. That's like waterfowl uh, hunting times two. Shit. Yeah. Shit. It gets Pretty much you go buy a rod and reel. That's your nice, expensive fucking shotgun. You go buy all your lures at $100 a pop. That's your nice lures. Decoys. Most of my baits aren't 100 bucks a pop. So I probably got like 100 baits hanging up on the wall downstairs. Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet average price 25 to 30 bucks if you combine them all. Wow. Yeah, that's not bad. Mm hmm. And that's, I mean, that's just what's there. I've lost a lot of lures in my, in my fishing career. You'll have that on them big jobs. Yeah. I donated probably a couple hundred bucks for the fucking Storm Plastics last year. <laughs> it fucking kept breaking. I think Manny and I. Trolling for muskies uh, just in one morning. I think I lost three of them. So for snagging, we buy, um, they're called a dipsy diver. And basically, they're they're just a um, plastic disc. And a lot of them, they were, I will see if I can screen share with you here, and I'll kind of show you what I'm talking about here. We, yeah, um, we hook up on them for lake trout. Yeah, yeah. So they're used a lot up north in, in lake trout and whatever else that you all fish for up there walleye okay, musky, everything. Um, <clears throat> so those are about you know 15 20 dollars a pop oh but, yeah you uh, gotta fucking eight of them yeah yeah so we we troll four poles at a time and uh it gets expensive if you if you tend to tangle them up or lose them or you know, a fish breaks oh, them yeah. off or whatever oh, it is. Yeah. It's it's not cheap. So, 
Oh, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. Fifteen to twenty dollar, twenty five, whatever it is. You know, when you start adding in hooks and everything else into that, and you're like, God damn, that's a lot of money. Oh, so there's a company called Supernatural Baits, and I really want some of them, but I want to win them. I don't want to pay for them. They're fucking awesome. But uh, they're uh, big dineros. Uh, I want to say their cheapest one is like 90 bucks now because they've been out for a while. Shit. Yeah. Sorted it low to high. But like each one of them's hand carved. Oh, I forgot about these. Megalures are 100 bucks a pop. Yeah. Supernatural baits. Um, 10 inch headlock crankbait, 94.99. 12 inch headlock, 94.99. Finish Matlock, 99.99. Fucking stupid. And glide baits are getting even crazier because of how the hand carving baits is becoming popular again. Yeah. There's a new company called Lynchum. They got a seven and a half inch uh, glide bait, 135 bucks. And then they got another one slightly smaller for 125. So I'm pretty excited here. Memorial weekend, I'm going on a fishing trip with three of my buddies. Um, we're going down into southern Missouri, deep in the Ozarks. Um, I'm going to go do some smallmouth fishing on uh, one of the rivers down there. Oh fuck yeah! So we're going to float. <clears throat> we're going to float two days and and do fishing and and whatnot. So try Hell to yeah. catch some decent size Ozark smallmouth. So that's what. So you guys have a different growing season there. What is a big smallmouth by you guys? Um, a big smallmouth is probably three pounds, I would okay. say. Okay. You know, if, if you if you're getting you know if you're getting into a couple pound smallmouth consistently, you're catching big fish. So there's not a lot of you'll you'll see a five pounder caught every now and then, but it's very rare that you see one that big. You're gonna have to come up by me and smaller fish. I would love to. I'd love to take you. If I can get logged in on book face. Oh, uh, I need to take Mandy too. Because I really focused on muskies last year. And didn't take Mandy smaller fishing enough. <laughs> I would like to catch some walleye. I really, I really like eating walleye. That's probably one of my favorite fish to eat. Probably top five fish to eat. Walleyes? Oh fuck yeah. yeah! We um, we struck out bad last year, but uh, typically we will um, I'll troll for them at night on a lake by us. Yeah. And we had one night we caught like eighty of them. It's fucking great. Uh, but yeah, we woke up in the morning and filleted them. Well, we trolled overnight, so we got home, slept for a few hours, filleted them. But I'm sure that too. Sorry. Sorry for the noise. It's okay. We're not that upset. Let's see. I'm going to go to my father's Facebook. He, in the last five years, 
Those shoulders are kind of fucked up from being an electrician for so long. Yeah. So, um, he primarily walleye fishes now. Screen share again. Oh. oh, yeah, that's a good fish right there. Uh, those aren't the bigger ones. There's my dog. I took my dog out. That's my sister with a six-pounder. Jeez. Like I said, they, he primarily smallie fishes now. Those big ones, though. Is that all your sister? Yeah, it was all my sister. He's got some. Oh, there's my mom's. Scaled at seven. Nice. That's a solid fish. Yeah, they 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 grow so much better in that cold weather. Oh yeah. Um, oh, there's another giant on here that I'm forgetting. Oh, this one. It's fucking unreal. Do you want to hear something really odd about Absolutely. the smallies here? Yeah. So you would think with the with the I I don't know much about smallmouth, but from what I hear, they really like cold water. Yeah, but, they grow it. But um, there was a uh, river we went and fished last year, and there's a spring that dumps into the river that we were fishing. And the campground was literally right where the spring dumps into the river. And we had to go probably six miles down river before we could ever catch a smallmouth because everybody around was like, oh, you're not going to catch a smallmouth in this cold water, which I thought was really bizarre. But No, it's definitely colder. colder is... It was it was true, though, because we, we didn't catch a fish until we got towards the end of our float, and then we finally started catching them, but... Just kind of bizarre, I thought. So there's a connected to the system that my parents' cabin's on. There's a dam, and from that dam you can float down the Wisconsin River about 12-ish miles till you hit yeah. where boats can get to from my parents' lake. I don't like to run. Um, so my cousin and I floated that together. He's we, He's done it a couple times prior to us doing it. Uh, friends of ours have done it a few times prior to that. We know it's good. Um, there's one waterfall you got to watch out for because it, it can be a doozy. Um, the amount of smallmouths up there in that fast water is fucking unbelievable. And it's always cold. Like, you can't... Even in the summer, like, we'd go up. We There's an area where you can park and you can kind of walk to a couple of deep holes. And it's absolutely freezing. Yeah. Even like 90 degree day, freezing. That water just keeps on moving and fish sit in the bottom of those deep holes. What we'd do is we'd bring like red worms and ice fishing jigs and uh, we'd catch little creek chubs that float along like the reeds and shit. Yeah. Cast it out in the fast water. By the time uh, fast water takes your bait all the way out, there'd be like a little eddy in the water. It's pooling up and there's a deep pool there and probably a big boulder or some shit. And big small yam every time. It's fucking unreal. But the water's been so low, we haven't done it in the last couple of years. Yeah. The last four years, actually. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. I've 
I've never actually caught a smallmouth. I went I went over on our trip last year, so I'm hoping uh, this year the the river that that we're going to this year is more known for smallmouth. So hoping to catch my first one this year. What's the uh, water temps typically? I to be honest, I'm not real sure. Um, I've got a buddy of mine that he like he loves lives for going down and deep in the Ozarks and fishing trout and smallmouth, and he's kind of taken us to this area that he's been before and, and fish and had a lot of success. So, um, I'm gonna find out. So Ozarks is I know. deep as shit, isn't it? No, not not the rivers and stuff. I mean, it's you're you'll get into holes where there's like ten foot holes and stuff like that, but mainly it's it's small rivers. I thought those are like one is Lake not, of the Ozarks and the Ozarks different? Yeah, yeah. So Lake of the Ozarks is just a is just basically a a, a lake um, between. So it's the Osage River that they dammed several. Well, tens of years ago and uh, <laughs> lots, of years. lots of years ago so there's uh truman dam on the ozar or the the osage river and then also um bagnell dam um so truman is the upper dam and bagnell is the lower dam and in between those dams you have lake of the ozarks and above the truman dam you have truman lake so the Ozarks, we're talking like deep south, like almost to Arkansas type stuff. So, so almost to Hadley. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I figured. Well, how far is Missouri from? I'll do a quick. I'll I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, geography lesson. I'm not the best at geography. <laughs> I'll screen share with you here in just a second. Let me get it pulled up, but. Uh, I thought okay. I thought it was kind of like sign of the state, but I have been known to be wrong. We'll do a start sharing. Can you all see my screen by chance? I can see your screen. You can? Yes. Okay. So well, we'll back out because that's where I live. <laughs> Actually, that's got you now, bitch. <laughs> oh, you're definitely gonna bag of dicks in the mail. <laughs> oh, come on, let's back out. Let's keep backing out here. Back out, back out, back out. So, oh my, my computer is being so slow right now for some reason. God. So we're going to go south here. There's Jefferson City, Missouri. Where's that? By? That is south of Columbia, about 30 minutes. So Jefferson City is about 45 minutes for me. Um, but this is Lake of the Ozarks here. That's okay. about that's about an hour for me. They're, you know, 50, 50 minutes to an hour. Apparently, so that, when you go up there, you got to watch out for the cartel. <laughs> Y'all been watching too much Netflix. Pretty uh, much. So, um, right here where my cursor's at, that's Bagnell Dam. 
And this is all Lake of the Ozarks here up until right here. And then there's Truman Dam. And then this is all Truman Lake. So we're going down further south than that. About another probably two-ish hours. So about three hours from me. Down into here. This is like the deep like what they call the deep Ozarks. This is a big national forest. You can kind of see this river running through here, but kind of down in here is where we're going fishing at. So bunch of bunch of hills and hollers and a river. And they there's smallies in there, but they say you ain't gonna catch any. No, no, we we'll we'll catch some down there. Okay. uh, More often. So where we usually so we'll be down in here down in kind of oh, my screen will stop so down kind of down in here normally last year where we fished we were kind of up just basically so the niangua river is what we fished and that is this right this river right here so okay. this is bennett springs trout park which is like down in here um, which is just a fishery where they stock trout um, in the spring that comes out. And the Niangua, we fish this small little right here, which goes all the way up into Lake of the Ozarks. So we would start somewhere down in this area here, and we would float all the way this way. Damn. And there, there was a few. We caught... You know, my my buddies caught a few fish up through there. I caught I caught a couple of trout up through there. Nothing, you know, no smallmouth though. So, but yeah, there's a little geography lesson in Missouri. I'm still alive. Ah, <laughs> uh, and let the memes begin. <laughs> what are you memeing? <laughs> oh, Scotty, find out. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, Scotty, we'll find out. Everybody know. <laughs> Sweet. Grumpy old man. <laughs> That's good. So, no, while you were talking about that, not saying I wasn't listening, but one of the things I want to talk to you, since pretty much we have a month of shit to cover, um, apparently NTF is going, or nwtf is going on this weekend yeah and i was just looking at the exhibitor list uh in layout and dude, it looks like a pretty badass little show that's what i thought too i i would really enjoy the nwtf show i'd, I'd really like to go next year so there's definitely not as many waterfowl groups as i thought but like Boss is there, Avian X, uh, let's see, Rolling Thunder, Shin Gear. Um, all looks like all the gun manufacturers, RNT. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some more that I just didn't pick up, but seems like a pretty cool event. Who did yeah. uh, Is Jamie there with somebody or did they just go? No, Jamie's there with somebody or some girl she knows. Um, I think she's a part of, uh, loaded timber, um, East Texas timber, uh, 
Okay. Something, but I think there are a bunch of boys out of uh, East Texas that hunt a uh, bunch of bunch of land over there. So uh, I think she hooked up with them, uh, or at least one of the girls, and uh, she's out there this weekend. Nice, very nice. So and not to not to mention Nashville is always a fun time. Oh man! Hi, Mandy. I've never been there. Oh, you've shit, never been man. to Nashville? <laughs> I've oh, never. I've, you are in for a treat. Oh, man. Uh, uh, the only south, state southern more than Illinois or south of Illinois that I've been to is Florida. And oh, yeah. I flew there. Oh. Fucking Florida. As Mandy would yep. just say, racist. They call them flyover states for a reason, but yeah. Fuck yeah, no. who needs yeah. them? Dude, I got stories about Nashville. I've only spent oh, I do too. 48 hours. Well, let's hear them, bud. We've got all night. We're giving them three hours tonight. <laughs> I've got a story. So, um, all right. So, the one I remember is, so, back in the day, I used to be a, a waterfowl research biologist technician, uh, and I took jobs all over the country. Well, one of them... I was working for a buddy up in uh, University of Tennessee, and we were in uh, we were in Paris, Tennessee, and Dover. Those were where we were doing the research projects. And so, one weekend, we get off, and my buddy, uh, the one of the guys who's working on the project too, his dad lived in Clarksville. So we start in Clarksville. We go there. We get hammered. And then we sleep it off the next day. Um, we start at about five o'clock hitting the bars in Clarksville. Well, I think there's a military post there. So we end up, uh, apparently Clarksville does not believe in uh, titters. So there are uh, bikini bars. So we start <laughs> there and that's fun. And then once we realize they're not going to show any tits, we're like, fuck this. All right, time to go to Nashville. So we go into Nashville. There's a Coney dog stand like right there by Vandy. And we go there, get some bomb ass hot dogs. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they were delicious. And then bomb ass hot dogs in a place that's not Chicago. Yeah. They had like they probably had like 150 different types of hot dogs you could get. Um, And then what is that uh, music row? I guess where they got all the bars and honky tonks and dives. Broadway, and stuff. Yep, yeah, Broadway. Broadway. Yes, sir. So we end up there, and then we're having a good time. Uh, we end up at a at one bar. Um, let's see. I'm tr- <sighs> fuck. I want to make sure I get this right. So uh, at first, we're just having a good time, getting drunk, being loud and obnoxious, and then I make. Like anybody I say does on about Broadway. like a homo or a fag or something to a group we're talking to, and they're like, "Oh, don't say that. My husband's <laughs> brother's gay." And I was like, "No, it's okay. Us gays can call each other faggots." And so, because <laughs> I was like, "Man, I don't, I don't want to be insulting." You know, I was just, you know, and, and so they're like, "Oh, you're gay too," and I was like, "Yeah, sure, fuck it." <laughs> so then the first get, time uh, Scotty kissed a man. <laughs> yeah, no. 
And so I avoided that situation. She ended up buying me a drink because she thought she was an asshole. But little did she know, I'm a lying son of a bitch. <laughs> then, um, and then after that, uh, this girl dropped her ID and I grabbed it. And then she was so thankful uh, when I gave it back to her. She was like, let me buy you a drink. And somehow I was fucked up enough to where I was like, I want a Smirnoff. And she's like, are you fucking serious? And I was like, absolutely. So get a Smirnoff, shotgun that. At this point, it gets really fucking blurry. All I remember is, uh, what's the auditorium? Not the Opry, but what's the auditorium there? Ryman. Yeah. So I'm fucked up. I got to go outside and I'll go puke on the Ryman. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> Apparently, the bartenders and the people who work down there thought that was an insult. And so I started getting yelled at. So we had to hightail it out of there. Um, <laughs> when we're leaving the next bar, um, what happened? There was a fight in the street, and I decided to instigate it further than it went. And then we just left. And then we went to a titter, and that's where I sobered up, and my buddy decided to get fucking hammered. And unfortunately, uh, the worst part about that night is we decided to drive home, uh, which that was a bad move. Uh, but Uber hadn't been invented yet, and you know <laughs> we didn't want to sleep in the truck. So we get home, and then we fucking get some fast food. And the next morning, we're just hungover as shit. And then we end up going back to work, and his dad comes in after the fact, and he's like, "Looks like y'all had a good time," and. That was my 24 hours in Nashville. Wait, get back to work. You drove all the way from Tennessee to Texas? No, oh, no, 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 no. I, we were working in Tennessee. I was like, were you guys fucking invisible? How did not one cop notice that car? Going <laughs> from yellow to yellow. <laughs> I tell you what, like line tag. You can get pretty, uh, you can get pretty sober on a 12-hour drive. I can tell you that right now. Um, let's see, Paris, Tennessee. Let's just see how far that is to Nashville. Let's see, that's like three hours, maybe. Oh, it's two hours. That's nothing. You only drove two hours obliterated. <laughs> no, we drove back to uh, Clarksville, which is probably right outside, probably a suburb. This might be the best-sounding podcast you guys ever had. Ooh, man. That's a suburb. Uh, let's see. That's an hour drive. So, damn, you're like, damn near in fucking Illinois, you dick fuck. Uh, actually, <laughs> what is that? So, Fort Campbell's, Kentucky. Yeah, probably two hours would have got us into Illinois. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm six from it, so. Um, no, what is this? This is Illinois. No, that's Peoria. That's Illinois. Peoria. That's Illinois. Peoria is Illinois. That's right across yeah, so, the river for me. Yeah, another forty-five minutes. We could have been in Illinois. Who? Shit, you could have come visit us even before you even knew who we were. And that's probably well, a minor. You were. Well, fuck. Uber must before have been that. Like, right after that, I took a job in, uh, let me find it. There's Peoria. There's the Wait, Illinois man. River. Was There's Beardstown. 
Uh, I took a job in uh, Havana. Havana? Yeah, Havana, Illinois for six months. That's home of that's home of the Rick Ham. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's where uh, Rick Ham's out of. Very nice. Oh, Havana's only three hours uh, south of me. Yeah, I used to have to drive into Peoria to go get my fucking groceries. (laughs) That sucks. That's yeah. cruise. Yes, it is. It was like an hour, hour one way to get get fucking groceries. It was not the funnest, but cruise. But yeah, going going back to the original conversation, Nashville's a great place, and I think that would be awesome to go to when NWTF is going through. That would be an easy one to go to for me too, because I can. I, it takes zero convincing for my wife to go to Nashville. She loves Nashville. I love Nashville. I've never been. It's I'm an absolute convinced. Let's set so, it up next year. It's not like my, you're ice fishing right now, anyway. So come on. True, and cheaper than Vegas. It is probably cheaper than Vegas. Well, let's let's. It talk is. About it that is cheaper game. than Vegas. I will attest to that. So my last time in Nashville. Um, I went, it was a work trip. Um, I was with a asphalt paving company and they had a convention there in town. And of course I'm there with a bunch of construction guys. Asphalt convention? Yeah. Asphalt yeah. Convention, huh? Yep. So, um, there with a bunch of construction guys. We, we, of course, first night we're there, go to the bars. All of us are, are getting hammered drunk. And I was, I think I was like 24, 25 at the time. I was fresh out of college. And one of the, I think it was like three hours into the night, one of the other foremans of a crew gets thrown out of the bar because he's like, I, I don't, I, I don't remember exactly what he was doing. People told me he was like all over the place, whatever. Well, the bouncer throws him out of the bar. He then proceeds to sprain his ankle so bad that he can't walk. And he, so this is the first night of like a three night trip. And he is laid up in the hotel room the rest of the trip. Like doesn't go. So we had all these like uh, seminars and classes and stuff that we were going to and and um, he didn't make it to any of them. He laid in his hotel room the rest of the time we were in Nashville. That's a bad deal. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's a bad deal. Yeah, that was, I think, the first night I didn't make it back to the hotel room until about 2. The next one was about 3 in the morning. It was it was a long three days. <laughs> Did you have fun, though? Oh, Absolutely. That's all that matters. But we are doing Squadfest, and we talked about it in the last episode. Hadley, uh, no, fuck Hadley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wes, um, Wes is getting us a booth since he knows Asher. Tyler. Oh God, I don't know Asher. Let's not spread it. I have never met Asher. What? Oh, y'all are best friends. Then yeah. hook it up with the booth. Need, yeah, we're gonna get, we're need, gonna have a there'll be a Garhold podcast booth at uh, Mandy Fountain in a random. I guess I do need to reach out to Ashley. Oh wait, somebody. Oh, I, I guess I could, so, yeah, I guess I could Google it right now. The Garhold booth like a, is gonna be just like a 
like a box of crepes with a tablecloth over it, and one of the crepes <laughs> is gonna have like a coaster to hold it up. So it's I'd be fucking fantastic. I would, I would love that. And we'll be either right next to a beer tent or right next to the porta shitter, so people have to come up to us. You are the beer tent. We should, we should totally talk Logan and Reb into splitting a booth with us. I would. I'd be like, let's, let's text them. Yeah, you so, text Logan. Just so y'all you know, know booths are fifteen hundred. Oh, let's God. not text them. <laughs> Justin yeah. said, "Hold up, wait yeah. a minute. We got, we got to pay money oh, for this. Right. No, no, we're good." Yeah, oh, we're doing this up. on a shoestring budget. Wait, what if we get Logan to buy the booth? Oh, no. there we go. We'll probably pay three grand for it. No. Squad fest. No. But, but that's yeah. a first annual. I want a second annual. But no, I think I think we're gonna go. Um, Victoria may be out, depending on. Depending on how things progress at the home, but uh, but yeah, I'm definitely definitely going. So it is my daughter's birthday is that Saturday, so I may try to come up for at least the Friday and maybe part of the Saturday. But that yeah. Saturday is my daughter's birthday, so Why just bring your daughter. She can be your DD. <laughs> God, that's that's one way to do it. And see, I'm full of good ideas. Kinsley, you just turned four. You got to drive dad back to the hotel. Hell yeah. They got to start somehow. I think they got a shuttle there for all the drunks. I'm sure she'll be a better driver than Scotty's on the way home from Nashville. Probably. (laughs) Scotty. Oh, he's fucking gone. I was going to give him shit. The roads here would have had Scotty hyperventilating. No, I'm here. Oh, good. You're here. Scotty, if you would have seen the roads I drove on this morning, you would have probably just parked your car and cried. Nah, dude. I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. We had a squall last night. We actually had two squalls last night. And visibility was as far as good. What? Four-wheel high, hammer down. Yep. There you go. Nah, homie. That ain't going to get you through this squall. Squalls are the real low. Hammer down. No. No, you can't hammer going. down at four low. If it gives, if it sends out an emergency alert, it's a real deal. Yeah, it was bad enough to where we got emergency alerts on our phone, and we have emergency alerts disabled on our phones. Huh. All right, then two-wheel drive in manual. Boom. Done and done. <laughs> I've already got this. Scott is going to be in a ditch right next to the fucking Prius. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least I can put it in four high and just back on out of that motherfucker. No, not in these Illinois ditches. So in Illinois, instead of ripping out the old roads and redoing all the ditches and culverts when they build the roads and whatnot, we just stack the old road or stack new roads on top of the old roads so our ditches are like cliffs. There you go. Yes. So you're not you're not ten kidding. foot ditches. What? Ten foot ditches. Oh, some of them absolutely are, yes. Jesus Christ. Hey, let me ask you, does your RAM have the split tailgate? No, mine's a 17. I'm still going to oh, fourth okay. gen. Okay. I, I will say, fucking love it. Best truck I've ever owned. Yeah. Well, I'm still trying to trade this piece of shit in. So what are you I'm trying got? to figure out? Uh, that 2016 Chevy. Oh, yeah, you got to dump that. Yeah, shit. I'd trade that Chevy, too. Yep. Piece of fucking <laughs> trash. What broke on it now, besides everything? 
Nothing. Oh, that uh, airbag sensor that they want like $1,400 for. $1,400 for an airbag sensor, what? Yeah, they so the part's like 500 bucks, but uh, they said because they got to take the seat out and then they got to do something else, they want like 1400 and I'm like, y'all don't kiss my dick. It ain't that important. Right? Oh, die like a man. See, belts are for pussies. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I get away with it except when my wife's in the car and then she's like, that noise is just driving me crazy. No, no, uh, the seatbelt dinging. Oh, seatbelt dinging. Yeah, I'm just oh, like, I... you know. Like, it goes off for like, or it stops for like 20 minutes at a time. And so I'm like, you should be able to deal with this. It's all right. I may be on the wrong side of this argument because I wear my seatbelt. I was, uh, right when I got out of high school, I was in a pretty bad car accident that if I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, I probably would have got killed. So I, uh, I, I wear my seatbelt. <laughs> oh, no. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm on the wrong side of this argument. I know that it's not, it's not so much me I have to worry about it. It's other people. And you can't yeah. always predict what they're going to do. And every time I don't buckle up, it potentially could be disastrous. I get it. I know it. Um, I wish I was better about it, but man, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's such a habit, not even wearing it that I almost don't even think about it, but I probably should especially now that I got a wife and eventually one day I'll have a kid and oh yeah do you yeah, not have kids night. Scotty I thought you had kids nope no kids not yet no so, kids okay no, right. we're trying um she she got pregnant earlier this year or hold on oh, I guess at the I beginning of last saying. year and then we had uh, some complications but but we're trying again so we'll Sorry see what to happens hear that. All right, bud. Dude, it is what it is. And, you know, it, it was one of those things where when it happened and we found out, it was like, holy shit, you know, it's kind of taboo to talk about stuff like that. Like, why is it only happening to me? But then you start talking to people like in our friend group and pretty much everyone we know has gone through, you know, gone through the same thing. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. it happens. Every so. single woman I know has had issues, whether it be like long or just hard to get pregnant. It's very yep. normal. Yeah. And so once once we started talking to other people and you know finding out, well, we weren't the only ones. It kind of made us kind of normalize it. It was like, okay, it's it's not that big of a deal. You know, let's just get through it, and then you know we'll see what happens next time around, and then go from there. And, so, but we're excited. We're hopefully soon, man. Hopefully yeah. soon. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. It's a good yep. time. Speaking of kids, Justin. Yes. What, uh, what's y'all's timeline? So. Mandy said she wants a ring first. Yeah. I didn't want to say in front of Mandy. I had plans for all this. Oh. 
You farting, so okay, then I'll walk away. Yes, walk away, please. And then don't ever listen to this episode. Yes, and then don't ever listen to this episode. Hey, well, at this rate, this episode's never going to make it to anybody's ears except ours. <laughs> Dars. All right, I think she's gone. So I've been working 60 hours a week for the last two and a half, three months, two and a half months. Yeah. I'm socking money away for a ring. It's coming, um, I'm thinking 4th of July. Sweet. Right. Love Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Love Propose it. it. I want to propose it at uh, my parents' cabin on a dock. Sweet. Oh, fucking tested. Right? But Dude, I this is going to be awesome. I'm happy. It. I'm happy too. I got a jeweler already picked out. Um, that's got to go there. Good yeah. deal. Good to hear that's about good. it. Pick the ring out itself. So for everyone who's been hounding me, it's in motion. Wheels are in motion. Wheels are in motion. <laughs> I hope have she ever, says no. Ha, oh my god, she says you, no to me up there too. <laughs> have I ever told you guys the story of my engagement? No. No. Oh boy. Let's go for a ride. Buckle up, boys. This is about to get Mandy, away. you can come back. Hold on. Mandy's got to wait for me. Hold on. I'm a, I'll be right back. I gotta use the bathroom. Before this story. Did you not hear me? Oh, perfect. Uh, hopefully he's got a good story because mine was really shitty. Shit, my parents just went to a jeweler together, picked out a ring and said we're engaged. Yeah, your family was boring. <laughs> like, you want to get married? That's fucking oh. awesome. That's fucking I mean, it was awesome. great for my dad. He didn't have to like, play your anything. I told you we were dating, basically. Yeah, so... <laughs> So when I met Mandy, I was obliterated and was like, fuck, she's scary. I'm not talking to her. <laughs> yeah, she's probably still in that emo phase. No, no, she was like, just scary. What like, she looked like she could beat me up. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's intimidating. You know how it feels. Kind of like Buzz's uh, girlfriend. Like what? Is it kind of like Buzz's girlfriend? Home alone. Yes. <laughs> Wolf. yes. Wolf. So, um, Mandy and I started talking like a month after we first met. After you added me on Facebook. And then... Um, Mind you, I was flirting with him all night. I was really drunk. I don't remember. Ooh. I woke up the in a ad chair. on Facebook is where it starts. This was yes. before... I woke up in a chair that the next day. Didn't know how I was there. I was super hungover. This was before Mandy knew he could go for 45 minutes. This is well before yeah. Mandy knew I could go for 45 minutes. She found out about a week later, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just gave it up like that, huh? Oh! oh. I'm persuasive. <laughs> um, okay. No, we... Uh, uh, we started talking. I went on vacation for a week, and she's like... So I'm not going to waste my time. Do you want to do this? Or are we like not trying to be something? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I don't have to guess. So that's kind of how it's been. Then we went on our first date uh, the day I got home from vacation. And then nice. y'all bought a house. Yeah. Four years later. Almost. Yeah, four, almost four years later. Four years later. It took Very me nice. a year to move in. I've lived with her for two and a half years at our last apartment. And now we have a home. 
Nice. Very nice. That's right. Good stuff. Very nice. Yes. I moved in with her. She's got to tell everybody that. I moved in Very with her. nice. Uh, so, let's hear this story. Okay. okay. So my wife actually just walked in the room, so she's going to listen to me tell this story probably. Oh. <laughs> the story of our engagement. So back we were 22, I think, when we got engaged. So um our kind of our thing was we really loved to go to concerts together and that was kind of what um that's the thing we enjoy to do together and we still try to as much as we can um so her favorite country music artist is thomas Rhett, and we had seen him probably three times before this so there was a concert coming up, a Thomas Rhett concert coming up at Mizzou Arena in Columbia. And I decided I wanted to try to propose to her on stage at the Thomas Rhett concert. That's a risky move, man. It was a very risky, risky move. <laughs> it was, it high was real risk. It was, up just fucking face bombs you up there. Man. I like it, though. So Go big or go home. I like it. So her mom works at the radio station and I know I we've known one of the the radio DJs there at the country station for for several years and and had got to know him over the you know over a couple of years and I reached out to him and said hey I'm really wanting to propose to my wife or my girlfriend at the time on stage at this concert can you get me like meet and greet passes or something so I can you know, somehow make this work out. He said, deal. I got you meet and greet passes to this concert. So, um, what made the, uh, situation a little more sticky was my wife also had meet and greet passes with her mom to meet Thomas Rhett. So I'm sitting there contemplating like, man, how am I going to pull this off with her there? You know, so my uh, best friend was there with me, and so I had two meet and greet passes, so I had I took my best friend with me. Um, my wife and her mom left, went to the meet and greet, and we kind of hung back for a few minutes and kind of let them go up and get in line. And then we made our way up there to the meet and greet, and I hid. There was a men's bathroom right where they were, like, going into the meet and greet, so I, like, ducked into the men's bathroom real quick and hid in the men's bathroom while the line was going into the meet and greet. Well, when the meet and greet started, they pulled us all into this area and it was like a half circle and everybody that was in line was there to meet him. Well, my wife and her mother was at the beginning of the line and I, we waited till like the absolute last minute we could walk in and I walk in and I'm standing there with my best friend at the other end of the line. And my wife's looking at me like with her hands in the air, like, what are you doing? Because we had pit passes and we were like right up next to the stage. So she's like, who's saving our spots? What What are you doing up here? And I'm like, it, it's fine. I got somebody to save our spot. You know, it's good, whatever. So they meet him, talk to him, whatever. And then they go on back down to our spot. And I get up to Thomas Rhett and I'm the last guy in line and i'm like hey you know i'd really like to propose to my girlfriend and i on stage if possible and he's like well are you sure she's the one 
I said, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love and it. He said, okay. So he brought one of his guys over from his, from his crew and was like, okay, we're going to, you know, between this song and this song, you know, come over to this, to this side of the stage. And we'll, after we're done with this song, we'll pull you up on stage and you can do it then. So it's coming about time to where it's between those two songs. And I grabbed my wife and I said, come on, come with me. She's like, what are we doing? I said, just, just follow me. Just trust me. She's like, I don't want to lose our spots. No, I'm not. I don't want to go. I'm like, just trust me. Just come on. So I, I'm dragging her along through the crowd with me and we go to the side of the stage where they wanted us to be. And, uh, we get up there and he calls us up on stage and he's like, Oh, this is, this is Wes. He's got something he wants to, he's got something he wants to do to here. And, um, he handed me, he was holding a red solo cup and he hands it to me. He's like, here, you're going to need this. So I tip it back and take a drink of it. Of course, it's like straight crown Royal. And I'm like, Oh, so then the I'm like, <laughs> I, I kind of square, I square around to my wife. I'm like pulling the ring out of my back pocket. And I remember getting down on one knee and the whole place just erupts because they know what's going on. And she just like, it was crazy. So I said, will you marry me? She said, absolutely. And yeah, the rest is history. That's fucking awesome. God, it was, it was absolutely insane. I, I don't know how it. I still to this day I don't know how it all came together, but it did. Well, that's awesome. And I wish I had a story like that, but man, mine is. Yeah, what is zero. yours? Scotty's <laughs> like I don't even want so much. Man, I don't care. So, oh, is it two years ago now? I finally went down to one of her family reunions, and um, like everything was going great, things were good. Um, and people kept uh, being like, oh, is this your fiance? Stuff like that. And she had to correct them and such. And I had the ring and I was just trying to figure out when I was going to do it. And then um, that next day in the hotel before we head out, uh, you know, I I had this whole thing in my head. I was like, man, this is going to be great. It'll be a special moment. And it started something like, you know, it's it's kind of weird, you know, that people are thinking I'm your fiance and we're having to correct them. And about that point, I just started fumbling with my words and I was just like, fuck it. Um, and I got down on one knee and I was like, would you marry me? And then she starts freaking out. And then like her parents share one wall um, to the hotel and then her mom or her <laughs> sister shared another wall. And so she starts screaming and hollering. And so everyone comes running to the room. And then she's like, yeah, we just got engaged. But yeah, it it didn't go nearly as a plant. So. Oh, well, it's okay. But, but it worked out. She's still here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. That's a plus. Yeah. There you go. Jesus Christ, cat. Holy fuck. Oh. Speaking of cats, so uh, I know y'all know this, but I guess if anyone ever hears this, uh, they don't. Uh, so my grandma's in the hospital right now, uh, but uh, I've had to go over every day and take care of her fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs>
Them motherfuckers are the devil. Pieces of shit. I fucking hate them. And this one's like a... Uh, so it's crazy because my grandmother literally, through coercion, stole this fucking cat from somebody. Through coercion. Yeah. So the cat just started showing up. And then she was like, fuck it. I'll just start feeding them. And then he got so used to that. She was like, well, fuck it. I'll let them in the house every once in a while. And now she's got dry food, wet food, got water bowls in the house, got a litter box, all this shit. And so he's an outside cat, obviously. And so he's still got his claws. So that's never fun. And then finally he started to come around to me enough to like where if I'm taking a nap on the couch while I'm hanging out over there, like he'll just jump up on me and like he'll try to lay on me. But I guess when they lay, they kind of like open up their paw a little bit. And they yeah. just sink their claws in, so they got uh, a hold of whatever they're sitting on. And this motherfucker don't listen worth a shit. Not like a dog or anything. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you can't do that, motherfucker. And then, like, he'll get up and he'll start walking up and down on me. And he'll try to get all up in my face. And I'm like, you're going to try to kill me, aren't you? <laughs> and, uh, dude, just fucking hate him. And then... It's dicks. Yes. And then she's going to be, uh, she's not going to be back in the home for at least three weeks. And so now we're trying to figure out if we're just going to go over there every day and feed them or if someone's going to take them home. And I'm kind of on the side of just taking them home and letting them hang out here. But fuck, dude. I hate cats. You know what? I'm not a fan Daddy, of Daddy, you should bring the cat home. And that cat will be your best friend in about a week. You're going to wake up, the cat's balls will be in your face, you're going to love it. <laughs> no. Like, every time it, like, walks away from me on my body, like, the asshole is just right there to just, yeah. like, spray me. And I'm like, you motherfucker, you're either going to claw my eyes out or you're going to spray me with whatever funk you got there. I'm just like, dude. It's a cat thing. You wouldn't understand. No, I wouldn't understand. Absolutely not. Fucking hate Man, it. Andy's cats don't spray anything, God. Because they're neutered. Oh, because they're neutered. Yeah, I don't think this one is. Then that's so. why he's spraying. That's why he's a dick. They have no. kitty booty hole stickers, gems. Yeah, you can get a little <laughs> gem to put over your cat's butthole. Whoa. What? <laughs> Here, let me go. It's a real thing. Let me go split screen. That way you don't have Hold to on. look at their booty holes. Dude. Yeah, I'll, I will let you Google that. It's literally a tail ornament for their butts. All right, hold yeah, on. so it's like a butt plug. Kind of, but it, I think it hangs around their tail instead. Yeah, of so it looks butt. like a butt plug, but it's just a booty gem. Hold on. Oh my god. Here's a, here's, a, here's a double cat butt gem. They can't poop though, so I feel like I don't know how they poop with a gem. They do it dangles because they squat, so it probably Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. I'm out on cats. Yeah. I had I had a cat growing up that I really liked, but he was he was neutered. And he was declawed, so he couldn't claw the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't too bad. But after that, I'm I'm out on cats. I'm I'm not a fan. They shed well, too much, too much hair all over the place. Just not a fan. I like Mandy's well, cats. 
and and that's what I was telling Victoria. I was like, look, if we, because we live, you know, we got half an acre here, and then we got woods back around, but plus you're like got, a forty-five hundred square foot home. You're right, but we've got coyotes running around. We got fucking other dogs running around, and it's like <clears throat> last thing you want to do is like throw him out here, and then you lose the fucking cat. Oh. <laughs> Man, talk about insult to injury, going to the hospital and then having your cat get lost. But I was telling her, I was like, you know, if we had 10 or 15 acres and and we could have, you know, like a barn cat, I think that would be badass. Just let him sleep in the barn, do his thing, kill shit, love yeah. it. But having an in outdoor cat move into the indoors with two dogs that I don't even know what the fuck they do. Um, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think one would be chill, and then the other dog would probably be like, I'm going to kill you. But I got a feeling the cat would fuck her up so bad. It would it would kind of be awesome. Um, One of our cats beats the shit out of Roxy, the fat one. And it's, <laughs> it's the funniest one. fucking thing in the world. It's like Roxy will walk up to the cat. And the cat just one two punch her right in the face. And it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But he's declawed. So, but, I mean, and that's the problem. I feel like if I let him fight, she, my dog would get all jacked up because she does have the claws. And yes. And I would have to take that cat, take that dog. Oh, that's a black bed. cat. That's bad luck. No, they're good luck. If you that's bad me. luck. Yeah. Says the emo girl. Black cats are <laughs> Black cat, good luck. See, right now, it would be clawing the shit out of me trying to hold my chest. See, no. can't have that. He just pissed because the dog is sniffing his butthole. No, kitty, well, that's my pot pie. My kitty's being a dildo. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of that, have, have y'all seen the new season of South Park came out? No. <laughs> I've seen it, but I have not watched it. Dude, I think they're like three episodes in. I don't get it because, I mean, that's that show to me is kind of like The Simpsons. You know, it's it's been there since the start of my childhood, since I started watching yeah. TV. And, dude, they are still as funny as the first time I ever watched them. Because all they're, their new ones are current current events, so they have... Yeah, they're really good at incorporating of content. So yep. is Family Guy. Family Guy's the same way. Family Guy's good at incorporating current events into their series. No shit. No shit. Yeah. But and it's, it's weird good. which ones you stick with and which ones you grow out of. Because like The Simpsons and Family Guy, like I like Family Guy so much. I got like the whole one of the seasons on like a box DVD set. Yeah. You know? Like how you used to have to do it. But yeah. shit, I probably haven't watched Family Guy in years. I haven't watched The Simpsons in probably ten years. Ever since they started getting PC and I got rid of like Apu and Oh Ralphie. no, they got rid of them. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got rid of Apu, Doctor Hibbert. Um, I think Ralph Wiggum's gone. Basically, all the racial racial characters are gone. Yeah, any of the characters who weren't white characters are gone. You mean yellow characters? Yellow characters. Sure. 
I haven't I haven't watched Simpson Simpsons in a long time, but I'm a big fan of Family Guy. Anytime it's anytime I see it's on TV, I'll watch it. And usually, so we've got a local channel here that it's usually on from like five to like six thirty. There's like three episodes that play back to back to back, Jesus. and I'll usually watch like an episode or something a night when I get home from work. I just I really like Family Guy. Uh, I think they're in a show that just keeps getting funnier and funnier. Like, their old ones are funny, but I think they just kept getting funnier and funnier. Yeah. Um, and Speaking never of been bad. I've always liked them. It's just, I, I don't know, I, I've never seen them that much when they're on. Like, especially nowadays. But, but no, they are funny. Should we talk a little bit of hunting to make Adley happy? No. Okay. Oh, well, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking of I was thinking of talking talking some current events. Oh, dude, throw them at me. Let's go. Let's go. So let's talk about Joe Rogan and Neil Young. Oh, who the fuck even is Neil Young anymore? He's nobody. Right. right? So I noticed. So the whole the whole thing was Neil Young was going to pull his music from Spotify because Joe Rogan was spreading misinformation on um covid related information so i noticed uh i noticed this week that um neil young his music is back on spotify because he folded quickly because he's a bitch yeah so he pulled his music for all of about a week and those royalty (laughs) checks stopped coming in and he's like oh shit i better get my music back up yeah and put his music back up, but but there was no there was no announcement that his music was going back on Spotify. There was no. It was, it was his music was just back on Spotify, and nobody it was like nothing ever happened. This whole this Absolutely whole cancel Rogan is fading away like a fart in the wind. Oh, it's faded away so fast. I, I think they realized like we ain't got shit on him. Spotify ain't gonna do shit about it. They paid him a hundred million dollars. They're getting their return on their product. And I mean, personally, if if Spotify got rid of Rogan, I'd probably get rid of Spotify and go wherever Rogan went and just listen to ads again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and and I think that's my big thing is so you have a man who gets what he does like two to three podcasts a week. Yep. And he gets 10 to 15 million downloads per episode. Yep. Per week. So you're talking, he might get 45 million downloads per week. And you bring it to a paid subscription service. I can only assume that the influx of revenue that they got from that contract, I mean, the only way it would be beneficial is like you'd have to have a ton of big hitters like a Beyonce, a Taylor Swift. I don't even know who else is popular right now, but you'd have to get, you know, 10, 12 of those people to say, fuck it, I'm pulling my music. And you didn't get that. And to me, if you're a company who pretty much lets anybody talk, I mean, We've said some fucked up shit. Now, granted, we don't have millions of people listening to us. Yeah. But we could. You, how much policing are you going to do? Is it really worth it? Oh. And it's like, 
in my mind, Darwinism has to win out at some point. Yeah. And if he says, which I love his podcast, I don't think he's wrong. And I don't think anything he does is really misinformation. It's just more of getting a subject matter expert in and letting him talk. And if it goes against popular science or popular culture, you know, that's just it. You know, it's one man's opinion at the end of the day. And if people can't see or understand that that's his platform and he does this a lot where, you know, like David Goggins, I mean, that motherfucker, he's awesome, I think. But it's like, if you're 400 pounds and you're like, oh man, I need to do this and go run 50 marathons in 50 days, well, you're probably going to die. And so <laughs> it's like, why in the fuck would you think that's for you right now? You know, and if you're just going to hop on this train and just say, fuck it and do it, and there's mixed science behind it, or, you know, it, it's like, this man is not a doctor. He can only speak to what he's seen, what he's read, and he lets people talk. And it's like, if, if you want to believe in a pseudoscience, whether, you know, it's right or wrong, and you make decisions without fully researching them, then fuck you, dude. It's on you. Yeah. Well, so, the thing is, the thing is, he's had actual doctors on his show, yeah. and I'm trying to look it up right now who the doctor was that he had that was probably the most controversial, which I can't because I've got my phone on airplane. Robert, right. uh, Robert Malone. Yeah, uh, Robert well, Malone. No, it wasn't. There, there was one before him. Robert, there was one before Robert Malone. That's Sanjay Gupta, the week before Robert Malone. Um, um, like shit, like Robert something. He was a god, damn. uh, he was a, a virologist, yes, yeah, and he was advocating McCullough. for Peter, Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough, Peter McCullough, yeah, that's who it was, yeah. Peter McCullough. So he was advocating for the use of ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, all of those drugs, and he said that if instead of waiting until people were so bad in their COVID, you know, sickness, um, if we would have just treated them with ivermectin or hydrochloroquine or uh, monochromal antibodies, that we could have prevented, I think he said like 90% of the COVID deaths. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that, that to me is astounding. And that's the thing that people are having a problem with is is these facts that these doctors are coming up with and and throwing this stuff out there and they don't like it because it it takes away from the narrative of getting the vaccine, which I'm not against getting the vaccine. I mean, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. I no. I I got vaccinated because I felt like my job I was had the possibility of losing my job if I didn't back when this all first came about and hindsight, if I would probably, if I would have known I had, wasn't going to lose my job, I probably would have not gotten vaccinated, but it is what it is at this point. Uh, So I'm not saying that the vaccine's bad. I'm not saying that it's good. It's, you know, take it with whatever you will and do your own research, but If we could have been, you know, if we could have made these medicines available to people that 
you know, it could have saved their life, we should have. Yeah. And, and so to me, like in podcasts like that, and, and I find them very interesting and I listen to both of them, but the biggest thing for me is not so much the numbers because just like, no matter how you feel about this, the one thing I have realized, you know, in my time in the science field is that you can work the statistics, you can work the numbers to show whatever you want, good or bad. So, you know, if you hear, you know, the news saying one thing, well, you may be able to look and well, no, it's really not that. And, you know, the same can be true for, you know, people who come on these shows and who are experts that want to spin the numbers in, in their way. But but to me, I think the biggest takeaway from this podcast that I heard that that really got me thinking is for most diseases, most uh, most colds, you know, viruses, bacteria, we have a prevention plan that is in place or understood pre-hospitalization, you know, and he kind of talks about, well, for COVID, we don't have that and nobody's looking into that or researching that to try to stop the spread of COVID or stop the infection before it gets to the point of coming into the hospital. It's just fuck it, roll the dice, and once you get bad enough, come on into the hospital and we'll figure something out. Yeah. And all about money. That just kind of got me thinking, and I was like, there's something to that, you know? And I really, I think the biggest thing, at least in my mind, with this whole COVID thing is to me, I don't feel like the science behind it has changed that much, but the narrative has changed dramatically from day one to year two. Exactly. Like the potential, not cures, but you know, you look at, well, ivermectin might be effective in either preventing or reducing symptoms. Well, ivermectin's, let's just say uh, 75 cents a unit. Well, no one's gonna get rich if we determine that is, you know, effective, but you look at the money, you look at all the big companies and these vaccines and where the money's coming from, where it's going, who's Mm -hmm. making it, you know, the profits and losses on these companies for the last six quarters, since they rolled this out, you look at that and you just go, huh, you're trying to silence a bunch of people talking about drugs that are big hits in third world countries where medical services are slim to none versus and trying to shut that down versus trying to re-engineer something, you know, and push this product where individual companies stand to make billions and billions of dollars. And and then you look at how effective, ineffective it is, and, you know, the list goes on and on, and it just... To me, it just doesn't pass the smell test. You know, the whole thing. And so... You can't tell me that those big pharmaceutical companies aren't in the pockets of politicians. Just throw money at them to 
Oh yeah, that, that's got to be you guys to push this. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's got to be where the money's coming Don't from, though, because it's because it's not coming from us. We're not paying for the vaccine. You but walk no. in, hand them your insurance card, and it's no cost to the person getting the vaccine. So where yeah. is the cost of the vaccine, or where is the money being made? Who? Actually, where is the money that the pharmaceutical companies are being made coming from? The government. Same, same place where all those stimulus checks came from. Texas. Right. Yeah. Thin air. Yeah. No shit. I mean. It's don't get me wrong. Like I loved it. Like, Hey, who doesn't want another 2,500 bucks? But yeah, it's like, I, I never lost I my what job. I, was I don't do think though. I spent it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think any of us lost our jobs for any portion of time. I know mm-hmm. Justin, you got furloughed, but that was just cause you know, a job got stopped and you're waiting yeah. for new work or something like that. I worked at spotty for like two weeks. Yeah, I but, unemployment. That was it. But so, like for me, like it was great. But in the grand scheme of things, in my mind, it's like I didn't need it. And yeah. then it's like, okay, let's say fuck it. Let's go big money or family of four. Both of y'all lose y'all's jobs. You know, you're you're doing whatever, and you no longer. What is six thousand dollars going to do over a year? over eight months it's you know, not like it's not gonna get you back in the black when it comes to your mortgage it's not it, gonna get you out of uh, uh it might eviction. get you out of something for a month yeah. or maybe a but, two months i mean but... let's just say your mortgage is fifteen hundred two thousand dollars a month okay well if you miss three fucking payments you're already behind you're not gonna be caught up yep if you miss any of your other bills, your credit card bills, you know, that shit is gone. Yeah. Before you even get it. And it's like, I mean, yeah, a lot of people, especially like in our position, like, Hey, it's cool. This is, this is nice, but it's like, if you were, if the shoe were on the other foot and you were like really tied up, like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, yeah, I'm not going to pay my bills with that money. I can tell you that, you know, fuck. Cause I, I'm not going to get my house back when this is all said and done. Yeah. I'm probably going to get evicted. So I'd rather just keep that money and put food on the table and just deal with everything else as it comes. And, you know, that's a shitty way to think that there's potentially people out there that were in that situation when, millions and millions and millions of dollars went to organizations or um, foreign countries or companies that didn't fucking need the money. Money that went overseas for gender studies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like what is that shit? What was it? I think they gave like Carnegie Hall like $500 million, but they closed down. Or it was like bailing out, uh, bailing out the uh, uh, airline companies. Yeah. Fuck, we've done that three or four times, but we bail them out for COVID, and then they shut down their flights. They reduced their flights. They're short staff. Yada yada. And it's like, then what the fuck? Why do we do that? That's another you know? thing that that's come out of all this. Everybody's short-staffed. Everybody, you know, every restaurant you go to, they're short-staffed. Every Walmart, every superstore, you or you know, every grocery store you go to, where'd yeah. all the people go? 
are you are no, you telling I, me all these people died from COVID and there's nobody to work at the grocery stores? There's nobody to work at restaurants. Where, where did yeah. all these people go? Yeah, I think I I don't I don't know because I think unemployment benefits. I, I know there's federal assistance probably, but I would assume that would be more of a state by state thing and like. I want to say here we're done with the COVID assistance. So if you're so on unemployment, we, so are we. Like you get whatever the fuck you get, and that's it. But yeah, I knew a friend, uh, somebody in Alaska, who was on unemployment, and she was making with all the COVID benefits. I want to say thirty to forty percent more to be unemployed than go back to work. Mm-hmm. Yep, and. And I assume that well is probably dried up, but it's like, how in the fuck do you convince people to go back to work when they're making 30 to 40% more? I would assume that money is also tax free. Yeah. Oh, so no, it was taxed. It was taxed. Oh, it was. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So, so the, when I, the, when I went on the little stint unemployment, when works yep. came to a screeching halt for me. Uh, I got that extra three hundred a week, and it, it is taxed. I just paid my taxes on just now. Oh, okay. Well, well, <laughs> but even so, you you're still making that you know thirty to forty percent. And well, it's like, after taxes, it was eight hundred and five dollars a week. That's yeah. more than that's pretty much a, a forty hour week at thirty bucks an hour. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unemployment here was like what? it used to be like three hundred and. I think it was like three hundred and fifty bucks a week or something, somewhere around that mark. Five oh five. I think. See, but to me, that's reasonable. Five hundred bucks a week, you get taxed on that. Take home three to four hundred bucks. Get no five oh five after taxes. Oh. Yeah, that's twice. That's that's almost twice what we got here. Ours was like three. I want to say like three twenty five after taxes. Hmm. No. See, and I think they should cap it because, like, I think twelve hundred bucks a month should be just enough to get by. Like, just buy enough to get by groceries, and that's where we should be at. But you go back to Justin's thing, where it's like, you know, you're you pretty much breaks down to you know twenty five to thirty bucks an hour, and it's like there's not a lot of unskilled or semi skilled jobs that pay thirty bucks an hour. There aren't no, any semi-skilled jobs that pay yep. 30 bucks an hour. Like, I, I know, I'm sure we're probably all there. I know fucking you run the fucking office, so I'm sure we're close to it. But those are skilled positions, whether mm-hmm. it's just like a management ex- uh, position or an electrician or a building commissioning agent. Like, But at the same time, that takes skill. And it's not, oh, I can just go back to flipping hamburgers kind of thing. And it's like, fuck. It's ridiculous. Bullshit is what it is. Yeah. But now look at, s- they're demanding 20 bucks an hour at McDonald's. Yeah. Holy like, first year shit. Christian's apprentice doesn't even make 20 bucks an hour. 20, yeah, $20 an hour. I'll go back to flipping burgers. Yeah. Dude, I will say the greatest thing about this, and I hate to say it because I know one day it's going to put probably close to 60% of the actual workforce out of a job is building automation. So, like, 
I go into McDonald's, there is a kiosk, and I press exactly what I want, and I guarantee you McDonald's is trying to figure out how to automate making all of their food to where you can run with one or two employees per shift. And, okay, fuck it. You want 30 bucks an hour? Cool. But you're going to be in charge of all of this, and if it fucks up, you need to know how to fix it and make things. And they're going to go down yeah. to one or two employees a shift. And I mean, just they've already, I, I don't know about down by you, but we've already got the kiosk. You walk into a yeah. McDonald's, you can order on the kiosk. Yep. So right now it's about 50% of the time they're operating. So sometimes yeah. like they all have them, but it's just about a 50% operation rate. But I've started to see kiosk in QT at the gas stations mm-hmm. um, in more fast food restaurants. I wouldn't be surprised if Walmart is trying to figure out how to automate stocking shelves and all this other bullshit. But dude, if it can you be done, think, it can totally be done. If you're oh, yeah. operating Amazon, you see the robots stocking shelves yep. themselves. Yeah. So no. it'll be done. They'll close down for a couple hours. Those shelves will be stocked in an hour. My mm-hmm. my sister works at Midway USA. One of my best friends works at Midway USA. Yeah. And they're building a new facility right now. And it's going to be, you know, a lot of their, it's going to cut down on their workforce because they'll be able to pick shelves and stock shelves and stuff without having people to do that. Right. So it's going to, it's going to cut down on their workforce, which my buddy told me right now they already have trouble sourcing those jobs anyways so it's going to cut down on those jobs so you yeah. know it it is what it is if you know if people are too lazy to work then employers are going to find ways around that and they're going to, they're going to make it work to where they can operate their business efficiently absolutely and the whole oh well they don't need to make as much money it's like ah they still need to hold their standard efficiency. Being lazy is not an excuse. Exactly. So, well, and I think those jobs, like, and and it's weird because, like, I don't think if you look at our parents' generation, I don't think there's anybody in that generation who didn't flip burgers at a McDonald's or Burger King, you know, had a service industry-driven job. But when you look at that generation nobody stayed in that in in, in that position long like that was a starting point that was a get get money for high school and then i'm moving on to bigger or better or fuck it i want to stay here at mcdonald's but i'm going to make a career out of it and then you move up the ranks you become a manager all of a sudden you buy in get your own franchise or something and now you're an owner but there was always that perpetual growth. Yeah. And then it seems like with our generation, uh, Gen Z, whatever these kids are called now, it's like they don't know everything. There's they no drive. Really, yeah, That's they don't really thing. know anything. No motivation. There's not a lot of drive. And there's so much entitlement that says, man, if I'm going to work, this is what I deserve. And... I don't know. Maybe it's a it's a portion of seeing how well off the parents are that have created a good household um, for kids to grow up in and think that they deserve a thousand dollar phone 
and a brand new car and like a nice house and shit. And they don't see that. Maybe they didn't have to see that work that was put into it. But it's like, yeah, to think that, I mean, last I heard they wanted 15 bucks. That's outrageous to me. I've got guys who are starting jobs at, you know, an engineering firm. We'll start guys out at 13, 14 bucks. Yep. And they work at an engineering firm, you know, and then, you know, we'll start engineers, guys who have a four year degree at 50 to 55. And I mean, that's good paying money, but it's like even some of those kids are like, uh, no, I, I think I should be making six figures. And no. it's like, right out of no, that's. I, that's what I, like you know a, a bottom level technician at my branch will make you know you know a lot of them start at 18 to 18 to yeah. 20 yeah and a lot of those guys think they're like well i don't know if that's enough or not yeah what do you mean you're just starting out in this field you, I, what do you mean that's not enough yeah you're you're new you you don't have that yeah. Your experience yeah. you don't I've have the experience, experience. yeah I've got guys, you know, I've got, I've got one, two, three, I've got five technicians that work for me, four of which have 15 plus years experience in the field. So they're very well-paid technicians, but then you got these young guys that come in and they're like, well, I need at least 22. And I'm like, I don't think you're going to get that because you don't have the experience. No. And I mean, that in itself, because what do y'all just y'all service forklifts, right? Yep. Yep. That's almost yeah, so. like two trades in itself, because a to be a good forklift operator. Well, a you've got to drive them, but a b that takes a lot of experience. And mm-hmm. then on top of it, you also have to be a mechanic of sorts. Yeah. You know, and so it's like you're mixing two individual trades and combining them into one profession. And it's like those skills, it's not just like picking up a piece of paper and writing a sentence over and over. It's something that you're not taught any of that in school. There isn't forklift driving school in high school. No, you don't get that. There's not a lot of classes in high school that talk about turning wrenches. So it's all on the job. And it's like. Uh, part of this whole thing that we're talking about here is why I think a lot of the private industry needs to stop uh, keeping salaries and such uh, such a taboo thing to talk about. Because yeah. in my mind, it's like if a technician, you know, a guy who's just starting out, like in your company, knows that old Greg being here for 15, 20 years he makes 28 bucks an hour and I make 18. Well, if I come in and say, well, I want 30. At least everyone is on the same page of going, well, I pay Greg 28. You want 30. What in your fucking right mind tells you that yeah. I'm going to pay you that? Exactly. Well, even on the flip side, that could be a motivation for someone to say, oh, they start out at 15 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I see someone who's been here making 30. Oh, well, if you're motivated and you want to make 30, do what he's doing. Yeah. There's your motivation to be what he is. You got to have the knowledge that he has. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's your drive to learn how to do the job as good as he is so you can be worth as much as he is. No. And I and I think it to me, I it makes sense in my head. And then I think the pay becomes a little bit more competitive because you got four guys, let's say, or who are on the same knowledge base and you know, same aptitude, and it's like that gives you a better leg up when you go into your review. Like, man, yep. if you're paying Greg 30. And me and him are at the same level, and I'm making 23. But on the flip side, it's like you're making 30, you're a dumbass, and this guy who's making $23 is work works better than you. You're either gonna have to shape up, take a pay loss, or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And that's you know, as a manager, that's where you gotta come in, you gotta assess productivity. Yeah. You know, how, how productive are they for you as an employee? Do they mm-hmm. get the work done that they need, that you need them to get done? Do they produce the labor, you know, the labor rates that they, that you need to produce? You yeah. know, it's, it's a whole process. And I've, I've learned this as a young manager, you know, I'm, I'm still learning myself, but you know, you have to measure um, productivity as well because oh, yeah. someone that's $28 an hour also may not be uh, as productive as someone that may be, you know, 26 or $25 an hour. Oh, yep. Yep. And, you know, and, and a lot of that can be negated in the first 40 I found, you know, or a salary employee, like, look, that's a fixed cost. No big deal. You know, as long as we're hitting a standard, it's acceptable. Where things become a little bit iffy is when you got an hourly guy, especially if he's not really pulling his weight, once he hits that 41-hour mark. And then he starts getting that time and a half, and all of a sudden now he's worth $45, $50 an hour. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Are are you doing your job or are you pretending? Yes. And, and to me, and, and that's the biggest thing with me now that, cause I have to manage my own projects. It's like, I'm still hourly. So I've, I've been able to work at my job so long and they haven't put me, forced me to go salary yet to where I have to think long-term on the managerial side. Like if we have to do overtime work, is it actually worth me going out there at my pay rate at that point? And so yeah. it, and I'm not saying I do a shitty job, you know, <laughs> my productivity drops when I'm doing overtime, but at the same time, it's like when you get that time and a half rate, that just starts eating into profits left yeah. and right. And it's like, I can burn through a project, especially if it's a, fucking project we're doing after hours or something like that and it's only a couple thousand dollars in total fee it's like fuck we can be in the hole before we even get done with the project if i'm out there and that's something you're that's something you have to answer to as a project manager is you know your boss is going to ask you well why were you out here for this many hours you know i i get it i yeah get that 100 percent I was just talking about like ducking out early. So for um, obviously for construction, there's no time clocks. 
you pretty much everyone puts their hours in on an app on their phone now. So they're like, well, <clears throat> it's Friday. Are we going to leave a little early today? There's 100 guys at this job site just yeah. for this one company there. Like, well, if we all leave, say, 15 minutes early, that's 100 guys divided by four. It's fucking 25 hours of wasted time right there. That's a lot of money. Yeah. The going rate for an electrician in, in Chicago, well, the shop charge rate is $115 an hour. So yeah. do that math. It's a lot of money. Yeah. No. And and that's one of those things where we're kind of like, we, we don't have that policy, but we sometimes we do. But it's one of those things where we also start to evaluate what a day's worth of work looks like and like for us you know if it's you know on the test and balance side like if you do 15 to 20 vavs in a day you know okay that's that's a pretty good day's work and it's like okay if you get that done in you know eight hours eight and a half hours and you got a nine hour shift that you're supposed to do all right Tear off a little bit early. But, yeah, that's different. But on the other hand, it's like if you get four VAVs done in nine hours or eight and a half hours, well, that's not a day you're going to say, okay, well, we're going to fucking deuce out of here. And so it's, it's definitely one of those things that as you grow, you really have to start thinking about because, yeah, like, like you said, 100 guys leaving 15 minutes early, like that's – it doesn't seem like a lot of time, but once you start doing individual man hours. A lot of fucking time. That is a fuck ton of time. Yeah, we do the same shit. Well, like if we go on like a service call, every once in a while I go on them and say it's quoted for eight hours. And I knock it out in six. Last two hours are free for me. Yep. Or like if we do a small job and oh, we got like four days to get it done. And uh, you knock it out in like three. There's sometimes where the project manager will give you a paid day off. Like, here you go. You earned it. You, you finished a day early. Yeah. So. But, but no, it, it's one of those things, you know, with that, that you have to look at. It, everything has to be evaluated. And, and if you're not, you know, if you're taking those shortcuts and just being that low man on the totem pole mentality, like, I just want to go home. Well, then you're probably fucking up more than then you're doing good. But like stuff like that, like if you got a, like you said, a four day job and you get done in three, there's nothing wrong with rewarding your guys or rewarding yourself and your team for getting done a day early. Well, that goes back to the whole drive thing. You motivate them to do it again. Mm -hmm. Throw them a bone for busting their ass and getting shit done early and done right the first time and under budget. It's fucking future company. They're happy. Happy when you do it. Customer's happy. Here, here's a little reward yeah. for you. Do it again next time. Yeah, absolutely. But, but no, I think, I think a lot of things would kind of, if things would just change on the corporate level, just a little bit, a little bit more transparency, a little bit more, um, a little bit more clarity. I think people would start to understand that. Well, maybe my value isn't exactly what. I think it is. And maybe I need to reevaluate that because I think part of it is they just don't know. 
you know, because fuck, I remember when I came out of college, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then it's like, no, no, it's, it's not really as good as I thought it would be, but Mm -hmm. you know, this is what the market says I'm worth, you know? And okay, well, I don't want to keep getting paid shit. So I'm going to bust my ass to get a pay raise. And then yeah. I'm going to get better, you know, so you start moving up that ladder. And so, yeah, it's, I, I don't fucking know. But I think automation is going to make everyone realize that they fucked up. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the big, the, there will be one good, one really good thing comes out of automation. Be a lot of jobs fixing them robots. And they'll yep. be big paying jobs. <laughs> You gotta oh, be so smart to be a yeah. computer programmer, diagnostician. You gotta yeah. be able to do a little bit of fabricating. You might have to do some welding and something breaks. Yeah. You definitely have to be very mechanically inclined as well as, like I said, well versed in the computer. Two things yeah. that are common in most people who are mechanically inclined is good fucking computer work. I sh- I'm shit on a computer, but yeah. I'm mechanically inclined. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And fuck, I mean, that's how, that's how trucks have been since the early 2000s. Yeah, fuck you. Like, I remember, what is it? My So the last vehicle I had was that 04 Durango. So I'm, I'm sure Justin knows Wes. So, you know, uh, you know those Hayes manuals you used to buy at AutoZone? Mm-hmm, like yeah. two, 300 pages, right? Yeah. Well, there's something that the dealership produces or the, the manufacturer produces every year. It's called like a technician's... Uh, uh, technical handbook and it like hey you know how you get like hey you want to change your transmission here's how to do it in 15 steps yeah and they like leave a lot of shit out well (laughs) these manuals they literally go step by step remove this bolt remove this bolt hey Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to hit this with the torque wrench loosen it and my manual for that dodge durango was i think twenty four thousand pages yeah and of that, only 7,000 of those pages were mechanical. Everything else was all electrical. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. diagnose this. Okay, go to this relay. Does it have 12 volts? Okay, no. Yep. All right, now we're going to go to this relay. We're going to check this shit out. And Does then, I, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly oh, shit. right. It's got like 4.3. Okay, so now you need to go follow this low voltage line and fucking check out. And it's like, what in the fuck? Yeah. And I mean, it's only, and that was an 04 vehicle, so I can only assume as technology progresses, uh, cars get smarter, everything. It's just going to keep getting worse. I mean, it's it's hard to find a vehicle that you can work on top to bottom now without understanding how electricity works. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It does not exist. The only the only thing you can do on most vehicles on your own is brakes and suspension. Got yep. it. Got it. So, yep. Like no. if if I if a light comes on on my truck since I don't have the fucking tools to diagnose it anymore because I don't have access to a, a, a computer. Scanner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have I don't have a scanner anymore. I just gotta go to the shop and I'm paying somebody else to do it. I know it's the cost yeah. me to like and I hate it. But it, first, is, yeah. it is. First thing I do is go to O'Reilly's. Tell me what this light is. Yeah, that, <laughs> I do the same this, thing. Tell me, tell me what this means. I do the same you know. thing, and I'll, I'll 
call a buddy who's still a mechanic and I'll have him send me over an all data uh, diagnostic sheet. And if I can do it, if I don't need a computer to do it, I'll do it. But otherwise, it's going to the shop. Yeah, you can't hardly work on vehicles these days. Fuck no. No, you can't. But, oh. I was going to say something, but I completely forgot where I was going to go with that. <laughs> so, mechanic wage rates. So those cars keep getting more and more advanced every year, and every year special tools come out for those cars that you need to buy, and the dealership doesn't buy them from mechanics. Mechanics got to buy them for themselves, even if it's a fucking $500 wrench. Yeah. Um, their wages stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks because they don't go the concept of the right tool for the right job is absolutely 100% fucking true. And I hate yep. it. Yeah. But it's one of those things where if you don't have the right tool, man, holy shit, your life can be a living hell. There's a hundred, uh, there's a socket for the IPR valve on a 6.0 Power Stroke diesel. It costs a hundred bucks. If you don't have that socket, you cannot fix that engine. That's the most common problem with that engine. Yeah. A hundred dollar yeah. socket. You have to have it. No. It's a Ford oh. specialty socket, and nobody is going to supply it for you. You have to buy it. No matter what your wage rate is, no matter if you can or can't afford it, you have to have it if you're going to work on Power Strokes. Motherfucker. Oh, that's what I was going to say. And what chaps my ass is that, so my AC's going out. So On your truck or your? No, no, on, uh, on, at my house. So fucking started looking at it, figured out it's the contactor for the outside unit, right? Yeah. So like, okay, contactor, 20, 30 bucks, no big deal. Like, I don't have a lot of time right now to deal with this shit. I'm willing to pay. You know, hey, $20 part, fuck it. I'll pay $150 to get this motherfucker replaced. Yep. But every company I've called has been three to $400 to replace this contactor. <laughs> and it drives me insane because I know how to do it and I'm not willing to pay those rates. And first off, everyone I call is like, well, we got to diagnose your system. And I'm like, look, I don't need you to do that. It's a contactor. Well, we don't know it's a contactor. And I go, and I explain to him, look, I, I work with this uh, with this stuff on the commercial side all the fucking time. I know exactly what it is. I just need you to swap this out for me. But I guess where I'm going with this is because we've taken so much shit out of schools, people, you know, they they think, oh, they deserve, you know, to be paid so much, but yeah if you would get into the fucking trades at a young age like you could work for an ac service company go get your technical degree or whatever that is and then go work for somebody for 10 years and overcharge people an arm and a fucking leg start your own company at 28 30 years old charge a decent rate at a decent price and you could be a millionaire by the time you're 40. Okay, but but no one no one wants to do that. They they see those jobs and they're like, man, that's blue collar. Like that's that's working eighty hours a week. That's making no money. And it's like that. Yes and no. That's something I feel like that's a problem of society. 
you know, I feel like coming up through school, you know, um, I feel like people look down on blue collar jobs, you know, yeah. oh, you you've got to go to college. You've got to do this. You know, yeah. you've, you've got to go to college. You don't you don't want to work as a plumber. You don't want to work as, you know, whatever it, you know, insert trade here, whatever it may like be. 60 bucks an hour. And yeah. looking and and looking back on it, I'm, you know, honestly, I wish I wished I would have went into a trade. I wish I would have went to a trade school and got into a trade and learned to trade, you know? Yeah. I think but, a lot of people see how hard it is physically to do. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's exactly right. But people then you also have the teachers. So in high school, all our teachers were always pushed. Oh, you got to go to you got to go to college. You have to go to a four year university. It's the only way you're gonna yeah. have a job. But yeah. I didn't go to college or a four year university. I make more than my friends do who went to a four year college university. Yeah, yeah. exactly. More than they ever will, and they have three hundred thousand dollars in fucking debt. Yeah, you know I. I've always told, you know, I've had this discussion with my brother, you know, I said, if it wasn't for asphalt only being a, you know, six month out of the year job, I'd go back to it in a heartbeat because it's, you know, it's a good job. You make a good wage. It's hot. You know, it sucks. It's labor intensive, but you make good money, but But it's only, yeah, yeah. you're like, it's six months out of the year though. So you're like, what am I going to do for the other six? What am I gonna What am I gonna do to you know produce for my family for the other six months yeah. out of the year? Yeah. So. No. That's no, what I makes agree. it. That's what makes it tough for that trade is you know a lot of people see the paychecks like yeah it's nice but golly what am I gonna do I you know you got to save while you're working all summer basically yeah. to make it through the winter. Yeah. And it's, that makes it tough, but you know. I grew up in in that type of family. My my grandpa worked in asphalt for thirty five years. My dad's been in it for twenty five years now. They've done it, but no, you know it's it's one of those things you gotta gotta figure out a way to survive the winter. No, 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 absolutely. And yeah, and going back to the trades and what have you, to me it's like, you know, it's one thing where I feel like you. Sh- you make friends and you kind of run around with people that are like-minded in a sense. And it's like, you know, fixing something on your truck, your AC, you know, replumbing the house, you know, that's stuff that, you know, we're mechanically inclined enough to figure out, you yeah. know, Hey, we might not have all the answers, but goddamn, YouTube and Google are amazing resources. You know, oh, yeah. I'll figure it out and, with them too. Yeah. And, but I feel like as we get older, there's more and more people who are not willing to do it. Like, like when all the pipes broke and I had to repipe my house, like, I think it cost me 800 bucks in materials and probably three to three, four days of time. But it's like, when I had the plumbers come thousands. out and inspect it, say what? You would have paid somebody thousands. Oh. When, when I had the plumbers come out and inspect it for the insurance company, uh, he he was telling me, he was like, this is easily an $8,000 job. And I was like, what in the fuck? And the shitty thing about it, what, or I, it was a compliment to me, but like what drove me up a wall is 
when the guys came out to inspect it, he said they said this is probably better installed than close to 90% of the guys who work for us. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> you miss your well, calling, Scotty. Well, not just that. <laughs> Should have like, been a plumber. No, no shit. But I'm like, <laughs> so you're telling me like nobody has pride in their work. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I bought parts from Home Depot and I just figured this out. You're telling me guys who work for plumbing companies can't do it better than I did. And they're like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, kind of. Warms your heart. Fuck. It? Just warms your heart. Like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of shit that I don't want to do. And, you know, if I would have been a skilled, if, if I knew what I was doing from the get go, I probably could have done everything I did in a day, day and a half. And I'm like, okay, you know, if you take that mentality and you got your own company and everyone's charging eight and you charge four, well, you still just made, you know, take out your $800. So that's $3,200 you made in a day and a half. It's like, that's pretty good fucking money. Yeah. And day and a half, absolutely. That's what a lot of people make in a month. Yeah. And then you go, okay, well, your toilet's clogged. Fuck it. That is a huge fucking deal. $100. Yep. Yeah. Take a snake, fucking snake it, get all the tools and attachments. You got to pay good money for the right equipment. But it's like, fuck, at my grandma's house, I tried snaking this pipe for three and a half fucking hours. And I just couldn't get it because there was a, a, a weird 90 that I just couldn't get the snake to bend. And the guy came in, he fucking charges $300 in a matter of 20 minutes. He had that thing unclogged and it was like, all right, there you go. Done and done. It's yeah. like. You're paying for it though. You pay for the experience, yeah. you pay for his and, tools, you pay for his time. Yeah. And, and I think as society continues to evolve or whatever, there's going to be more and more people who are just going to give up and say, fuck it. I'm willing to pay this exacerbated amount of money to, oh, excuse me, to get this fixed. And I think that just makes the world right to, fuck, if you don't want to go to college, if you're not going to get a math or science degree, fucking go get a trade and go make a fuck ton of money. Exactly. Oh, but Without that's not, any debt. it's not yes. promoted though, for some reason. Yeah. It's not promoted in our time. Yeah. I have it's, a theory on if that. You don't go to, if you don't go to college, you ain't making no money. And that's no. not the case at all. I have a theory on it. And I think it's part of that whole indoctrination bullshit that the schools are pushing. Everyone do this. Everyone be the same. Yep. Inclusive horseshit. Let's all go to college. Fucking they brainwash you more there to believe whatever some fucking professor thinks is right. Under the guise of teaching you to think for yourself. Yeah. And, man, I, I, I think my education was a little bit different just because I went to a conservative uh, Christian university. Uh, but, but, no, I think what you're saying, there is some concept to it, you know? Yeah. And, no, you know, I, I remember it was weird because what was it? 
it was actually one of the gym teachers or uh, kinesiology teachers who had that conversation with me. She said something and and I said, yeah. And she was like, she was like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. She was like, do you know I'm right? And I was like, well, I've never heard this concept before, so I'm going to trust you. And I, she was like, so you're just going to take my word for it. And I was like, yeah, you know, because I, I don't think you're That's lying what you're to getting me. paid for, right? But it turned into like, you've got to be able to think for yourself and not just um, not just believe everything that's told to you, because there's a lot of people out here that just don't have the fucking answers, but they're going to give you one anyway. And yeah. so you can hear what people are saying, digest it. But at the end of the day, it's like you've got to put in a little bit of effort to discover the truth on your own. And maybe what that person telling you is the truth. But at the end of the day, maybe it's not or maybe what they're saying is just to shape your opinion and you do your own research and you're like, holy fuck, like, I, I don't agree with that statement at all. Or maybe it solidifies your stance on, yes, like, I believe in this, but I just thought it was crazy in my five years at school. The one person who, like, had that conversation with me was a gym teacher, you know, yeah. in a weight room of all places and i was like holy fuck and that just kind of opened my mind and my eyes to be like okay you know there's more to this world this life everything than just being naive enough to think everyone in a position of power is telling you the truth and yeah. it from then on it was just it was just eye-opening I'm, I'm of the mind that not a single person in a position of power tells me the truth no matter who they are, what party, what party they belong to, I don't yeah. think I'm ever getting the full truth from anybody ever. There's a lot of truth to that. So I went to a, I went to about a liberal. Well, the school that I went to is known for a being a liberal arts school, but it's Ooh. about as liberal as liberal gets. And I made it, I made it out without being indoctrinated. So. I was pretty proud of that. That's pretty awesome. Because you can get get in the world of shit pretty quick. I I made it out. I got my, I got my, I got my piece of paper that I needed to get out and I got out. And, and, you know, and for some people, I think that is the best situation for them because now a lot of people, um, they can hear that in, go up through four years of that and pretty soon it's kind of just regurgitation you know what i mean but on the other hand if you go to a school like that and you're like i don't believe any of this and then okay well now these people really do i've got to stand on my convictions if i'm going to talk you know i've got to make sure i have my facts together and it just it can be good in a sense of kind of like your situation to where it might make you it might bring things out a little bit more in you and it might make you be a little bit more refined and solidify your opinions and beliefs on some things especially if 99 percent of the people you talk to in a class situation are like oh you're a fucking horrible person like you this is what i believe you're crazy if you're a conservative 
the list goes on and on. Yeah. And so, but the, the devil's advocate to it is I don't think there's a lot of people in the world that that could handle that at that that age and still come out on the other side, you know, a little bit stronger in their convictions. No, um, that, that that boils down to uh, I, I guess that boils down to parenting and in your home life and, and how you were raised. Yeah. Absolutely. So speaking of other current events, has anybody been keeping up with the Olympics and the curling and all of that shit? No. God damn, I, I, I am hooked. I want to come up there so bad and start curling. It would be like a bowling league for me, man. I Scotty, think this would be awesome. Scotty would fit in on the curling team like any other thing I've ever seen. Maybe out he, there. He would fit right in with the guy with the shit. long hair and the mustache. Yes. Like, I feel like me and that dude could be best buds. Oh, yeah. Fucking crack some coldies, beat some motherfucking rooskies. And yep. fucking bring home gold for America. Crab, over crack some, and over crack some and bushies, over. go scrub some ice, and bring home gold. Fucking right, man. Kyle looks like a pretty aggressive sweeper. I think he could do pretty good. Yeah. Dude. And like the whole stance where they get down and like they yeah, bend no. that foot and they slide. Dude, I'd be pimping the shit out of that. <laughs> Dude. Now, I but, haven't watched a whole lot of that. I, I don't know. I've never really been a big fan of the Olympics. I just I could never really get into it because it was never sports that I was ever interested in, either yeah. both the summer and the winter. But yeah. curling is something I could get behind. That looks like something I could participate in. Yeah. It it literally looks like they said, fuck this bowling. We're gonna take this concept. And we're going to move it to ice because everybody has ice in northern USA. Yeah. And we're going to make our own sport. And we're just going to be really good at it because, fuck, all we have is cold weather, ice fishing, fucking, and now curling. And <laughs> it just fucking works. And you can drink beer while doing it. Absolutely. Amen. Oh, I mean, I it's get... just a larger, I mean, it's a larger version of, of a shuffleboard. I mean, yeah. shuffleboard is in every almost every small bar across yep. America. And that is it's just a, a larger version of shuffleboard. No, no, you're absolutely right. But I got I started catching wind of it, la or I guess last Winter Olympics in 18, uh, when this whole thing was happening. And it kind of piqued my interest. And then this year, I've just been hooked. I've been watching all of it, all that I can watch and it just seems like a fucking fun time. It does. It really does. Like, like, I feel like I could come up to Illinois. We could just go up to Wisconsin on, like, Thursday night. We could do the kids' demo derby. Then Friday night, we could go to the bar, get all fucked up. Saturday morning, do Bloody Marys. Saturday evening, we'd go to the curling league. Fuck off. Sunday morning, we'd be on the ice in one of those fucking fuck shacks. <laughs> called a, uh, a fishing shanty with the oh, prostitutes. The ice shanty where the prostitutes come in? Yeah, with the prostitutes. We could go do the ice ice fishing, and then I could just fly home on Monday. Yeah, we could do that. Dude, it, it sounds like a fucking blast. Like a normal so, week for us. That's, that's like my next weekend. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's Man. do it. 
schedule it. I tell you what, I if I could convince my wife to move out of here, I think I'd love to do that for not forever, but five, six years, get up north, have a winter, do some crazy shit like that, enjoy it, and then get the fuck back down here by the time the kids are in middle school and life would be good. Yeah, you I'll tell you what, the good. amount of snow I've had in the last couple of weeks makes me not want to move any further north than I already am because I hate snow. Dude, you've gotten more snow than we have. I know. We've gotten probably 16 inches in the last two weeks. It's I've ridiculous. Gotten, I've gotten seven. Maybe eight. Stupid. <laughs> and we're, we've got another we've got another snowstorm coming this week. Good. I don't I, they don't they haven't said how much we're expecting, but I mean they, they said it's supposed to be another potentially uh, big storm. Shit. I see one coming on Wednesday. Yeah, we're supposed to it's supposed to hit us Thursday. So Oh, I see that one on Friday. Not looking forward to it. Keep it. This, this time of year, I'm looking for like 50s, low 30, low or high 30s, low 40s, no snow, south winds, and the snow geese rolling. <laughs> yeah. Ready for 50s. Want to oh. take the boat out? Yeah, I'm ready for. I'm ready for some warmer weather. I'm ready for turkey hunt, to be honest. Uh, never yeah. done. You turkey are missing season. out. So here's why I'm not. Turkey season in Illinois, spring turkeys falls on the exact weekend that I go to northern Wisconsin for the Wisconsin walleye opener. Yeah. The exact weekend. I, I have to pick one or the other, and I'd rather go catch a shitload of walleyes. It sounds like you haven't been turkey before, because if you had, you'd be going turkey hunting. I don't think so. No, I've never been turkey hunting. Oh, look at this. We're getting a good shot of the mansion right now. Dude, look at that. He's got fucking upstairs. <laughs> God. One day. One day I'll have an upstairs. <laughs> look at the size of that piece. Oh, Arr, I got to drain the sea monster. Arr, Steve. Steve the pirate. <laughs> look Steve at that. He's pirate. got a fucking urinal in his house. That's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Scotty lives in luxury. I live in squalor. <laughs> oh man! I hope you we hear that. This. Wait, hold on. I hope, I hope we get this auto in the, this audio yeah, in the background. I can hear it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Y'all can hear this? Fuck yeah! You can hear that. Damn it! I thought I muted that. I'm so sorry. You've got a strong stream, Scotty. Oh. Fuck. I, I, I really, really thought I muted that. This has got to make the outtakes. But if we're not going to cut this, let me just show y'all something cool. So oh, the one boy. thing I Here do have go. in my house, in the master bathroom, is a stained glass window. Stained glass window. Look at that. It's got swans. swans in it. Yeah, two swans. Yeah. It's seen better days, but by God, it's a stained glass window in our in our stand-up shower. Fuck! 
I really thought I muted that. No, man, we were quiet, and you can hear it clear yeah, as You day. can hear the strong stream. Yeah, well, well, I heard you saying that because I kept my headphones in. I didn't want to lose uh, <laughs> connection. And I thought y'all were just fucking around. No. Like, yeah, because I no, got that no, muted. Can, They're just fucking with me. <laughs> and then I looked over, and I saw the microphone was still blue, and I was like, God damn. <laughs> <sighs> well, you can't always get it right. Oh, I think we got it right. Yeah. Well, for this podcast, I mean, the odds are the only people who are going to hear it are the three people on the podcast. So I'm not <laughs> oh, too I stopped listening yeah. to them. The odds are. The odds are. Yeah. We'll I stopped so, listening to ours. Motherfucker. I will say I'm guilty. So, you know, I, I've got my own podcast and I don't, I'm not on here to promote that. And I'm not going to promote it. Plug it. When you, when final you know, descent when podcast, the final descent podcast. So whenever I, you know, whenever I record an episode, I record it with a guest, so I know what we talk about. I go back and I edit it, so I listen to the whole thing again. And like the last thing I want to do is go back and listen to it after I posted it because I'm like I've already heard it twice. I talked about it. I heard it again when I edited it. I don't want to listen to it again, so I don't go back and listen to you. So, no, no, go get the download, download it on the phone, get the download for the analytics, and then delete. Yep, yep, pretty yep. much how it goes. Right. I don't so. know, Colton added us all to a video call. Oh, did he? Yeah. I've got my phone on. Oh, let's check this out. My phone's on airplane mode. I could pull it up. I could pull it up, and we can have it on the call right now. Okay, oh, do it. I've, I've, got, I've got it hooked up. I've got my phone hooked up to Bluetooth, so you should oh, be able hook to it up to the Skype. Fuck yeah. We'll see if we can see it. Colton, can you hear us? What? If we're... Oh. I think he ended it. No, oh, it, it's back. He's calling. When? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Call active. What the fuck, Colton? Why are you being oh, a dickbag? He hung up. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right, are we all oh, on the fucking... Derek. There's Derek. Where the fuck did Colton go? Who's trying to call us all? D. Weller, what's going on, bud? What's up, bro? We're recording a podcast. <laughs> We're recording on the gar hole. You're gonna turn this fucker around. Yep, right there. There's the old Scotty goggles right there. Just living the good life. <laughs> what do you? What? What do you? We doing? Do well? I'm sober driving. <laughs> I've been there, done that. You'll have that on them big jobs. Let's call Hadley. Bully him for not showing up like he said he was gonna. Yeah, right. How do we call people? I don't know how to do it. I'm Here, sorry. Can... Here, let me let me see if I can get Hadley on the phone. Wes, I'm not good at the computers. Well, I've got so my uh, 
my soundboard that I can do, I can hook to for Bluetooth. I can, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I can call people and get them. Wait, hold on. Can we prank, can we prank call people? Hey, can we just talk about this photo from the Snapchat? Yeah. Doesn't it make it it look like he is maybe four, eight on a good day? That's what I said. I said that in a group. I said, Jesus, I didn't know you're five feet tall. And, and is that Ben a fleck that he's no. standing next to? <laughs> I think it's Parker McCollum. No, that's, that's not, not Parker. No, that's not Parker McCollum. Who the fuck is it? That was the that was the guy he said was a football player or something earlier. Oh, tight end for the Bears. He don't yeah, look familiar. Okay. He must have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, oh man. So Wes. Can we prank phone call people from your phone? I was trying to, but I I couldn't hear it through my headset, so I don't think I can. Can can you do it through the Bluetooth? I'm trying. Let's see here. I would try. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can do it. Maybe we can do it through Snapchat. Let me see here. Where's Hadley? Oh yes. Be fantastic if this works. I saw Colton go active for a second. Yeah. Can you hear that on your all send? Uh, barely. Mm, barely. Okay, let's just right, right here. God damn it. Um, He's not answering. What the fuck? He said he was going to be here. Who else can we call? I don't know. Logan Logan Pyatt won't add me back on Snapchat, so I can't call him. What a dick. <laughs> you don't want his Snapchat. His Snapchat's nothing but his balls. What an ass. <laughs> uh, all I get is the... So, Logan's Snapchat shows up as like a... You know how you go on Snapchat and it's like... So, there's like your actual like friends on Snapchat and then there's yeah. stories like subscriptions. Yeah. His show is up under a subscription to me. He's too famous for me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Wow. So... Cause I tried to like, I tried to send him a Snapchat one day, like tried to like write back to his something like he had on his story or something. And it was like, Something said, yeah, I can't send it to him because you're not his friend or something like that. Oh, that's gay. Like, fucking cool. Yeah, fuck it. Don't need it, man. Don't no, need it. Like I said, it. it's mostly pictures of his balls. Mostly pictures of his balls. <laughs> he did the same thing, man. He wouldn't add her. And then he added her, and then he deleted the request. Oh, Derek's calling the Will that work? Oh. Oh. oh, hey, what's going on? I don't know who's on the call. Derek, Wes, Scotty. It's so fucking quiet, I can't hear nobody. I know, I was trying to turn it up on my end, but I can't. What if? Can you hear me now? 
I can hear you now. I can't hear. I can't hear the phone call. Reed said, "Bruh, I'm busy drinking by myself." God damn it, Reed! He's so sad. Hadley <laughs> won't answer my call. No, oh, so, yeah. This guy's gotta. This guy's gotta answer, right? Which guy? Hadley. No, he Look, don't, don't love us no more. He's probably at piano bar, fucking singing. <laughs> Billy Tiny Joel's dancer. Shit. Tiny dancer. Fuck. Well, that's hold, what I'm saying. Hold me closely, Tony Danza. That's what I thought <laughs> the song was. I'm pretty sure Elton John would prefer Tony Danza. Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed Hadley's not here. Yeah. Somebody's got to mediate this shit show. We can just bully him into submission. Nah, he'll never do it. Never do what? Mediate us? Yeah. So, Scott, I have a question now that I can see your Hadley, hat. Look at me. Are you going to ever put I'm a fucking... Now. What? Oh, fuck now. I told Hadley, I said, I'm the captain now. Hey, Scott. <laughs> yeah. You ever going to put a bend in the brim of that there uh, dirty duck hat? No. Why not? Because it looks dumb. <laughs> it does. Look dumb. Mandy says it looks dumb. <laughs> I would like to say, oh, there's a little bend. I still need little to bend, go. motherfucker. That's the curvature of your forehead that I'm seeing. Oh, <laughs> like, look I at the rope, get, homie. I still what need to get fuck? some dirty duck coffee. What? Oh, bro. Oh, I just ordered another another case. I need to do. So, do they do the like? Uh, what do they call those? So, I buy. I I drink Black Rifle, and they're the capsule you get the cups. K-Cups, yeah, K-Cups. Yes. Yeah. Do they sell K-Cups? Yep. Yes, they do. They right now, they only have some. French roast in the K-Cups, yep. but they're fucking delicious. I'm going to have to get some. So yeah, I like the... They're I really on sale like right the, now for $35.99 a case. I really like the Black Rifle uh, Freedom Roast in the K-Cups. It's one of my favorites right now. I've, I just uh, I just picked up 24 K-Cups on the Freedom Roast rate. Oh, I, just, I just ordered... 40 K cups of Dirty Duck. Yes, or last week, early mid this week. Yeah, I need to order. I need to order some of those and try some of them. They're they're really good. I fucking love them. Next time, next time you uh, order, put my name in and see if you get any <laughs> oh. special discount. <laughs> Why the fuck would I do that? I so know, you can. No, I know, man. I know Scotty Goggles. Will you give me a discount? Yeah, or just be like, "Hey, man, I know Scotty Goggles or Scotty. Uh, Scotty sent me over. Scotty G. Yeah, maybe. Uh, me, bud. On all right. So at the two hour and forty five minute mark, all somebody has to do is just put a beep in. Yeah, because yeah. somebody sent a foul word, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Hey, I'm I'm time marking it for you to make it easy, so you don't have to listen to this whole thing. <laughs> so. But yeah, next time you order, just just be like, "Hey, man, Scotty G sent me." Maybe you'll get a get a hat or a shirt or a sticker or a koozie. Like Something. I said, Buck Heath knows who I is. We have conversed. Is oh, very nice. Wait, is Buck huh. Heath the owner of Dirty mm-hmm. Duck? 
Yep. Yeah, oh, that, that General Lee thinking, that Buck Heath bought, he, came, thinking, he bought it a couple times away from us. I'm thinking Bucky Nail. <laughs> wrong guy. Wrong yeah. guy. Yeah, wrong, wrong guy. Bucky. But yeah, him and uh, Jay uh, owned the coffee company. What's Jay's yeah. last name? Uh, Peterson, I think. I think so. It's so, some tits-ass coffee, though. Yes, it yeah, is. they're the ones. They've got a they got a duck club here in Missouri, don't they? Yep, uh, up in Mound City. Yeah, yep. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. That's about so. uh, three hours from me. Who's calling in the Gar Hole group? Derek is again. Good. I'm no. trying to enter in. Hello. There's no fucking promo codes. Scott said a uh, bad word. Who's now calling? I, gotta, I don't know. Now I gotta fucking edit the podcast. I did timestamp it. Oh, is Colton oh, getting on the phone call? Oh my god! Whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever. That that is, we gotta get rid of that shit. My bad. That's mine. I had it on my. Uh, had it on my Bluetooth. Who's on Derek, there, you may as well just send you the fucking link for the um, Skype. How the hell do we do that? Who are you sending it to? Derek. How do I do this now? It changed. They changed my fucking deal. Skype has changed since the last time I've been I on. Don't it. like it. Let's see. Uh. I am really disappointed though that Hadley didn't answer my call. Yeah, he's uh, he's real stickler when it comes to fun. Who is Hadley? Well, it's because somebody in here keeps doing shit that they're not supposed to do, namely Scotty. (laughs) What am I supposed (laughs) to be doing? What the fuck? You're the one who says, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, shit. Do I got a fucking... I got a message I got to reply to. Oh, no. Shit. Um, Garrett Brackman. Oh, Garrett Brackman. Yeah, he wouldn't know if we're going live. Hey, I sent you on the fucking uh, Facebook Messenger deal. So that just that, work out better. Is that D well? Yes. Yeah. Why doesn't Colton pop on here? Let's see Colton. how uh he's at a concert goes. right now. Oh. Well. It's gotta suck to be that short though, right? You can't see shit at a concert. <laughs> I had no idea that Colton was only three feet tall. Dude, that's some bitch. God, speaking, of, speaking of Colton, he, did you see he his fucking, pictures he sent? Did you see Colton's pictures he sent of him in high school? He oh, looked yeah, like a know. Chad. Oh yeah. <laughs> he oh, looked yeah. like a Chad. He he was like a surfer from uh, from California. There's a hundred percent chance that Colton called his shoes loafers. <laughs> we love we love you, Colton. We do. We yes. really do. 
Colton's this is all guff. So much guff. <laughs> or is it? So much guff. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Is this not working? I don't understand how the fuck. I don't like this anymore. I don't like the new <laughs> fucking format. Hey, I'm back. All right. You don't like what new format? I don't like the new format on Messenger on how it's supposed to fucking, um, I don't like, or uh, Skype. I like the old Skype better. Isn't it all the same, homie? No, it changed. It's got a whole, like, all the buttons and shit are moved. I can Hmm. heart stuff like that. No. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Well... You need to just write them a message and be like, uh, no. Should. I think no. I should. And it also looks like we can't type anymore, which is a problem. What do you mean? I got the little chat button right here. Right there. There. Oh, 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 see, you're so funny. So funny. <laughs> uh, a, you're pulling a Morgan Wallen, I see. Uh, excuse me? I did not say what you said, sir. We'll have to ask. Terms of endearment. What? Terms of endearment. Might need Wes to do the editing on this one because I don't know how to add sounds. Just 245. 245. Well, I sent it to the group chat. So everybody knows at 245, you committed a faux pas. Dude. Well, it depends on who you listen to. It might not be a big deal. What do you mean, depends on who you listen to? Uh, We're going to get canceled. Do you want to get canceled? Dude, won't that be a motherfucker? Right? Of all 17 people that listen to us, one of us, one of them got offended. Yeah, no shit. Oh, be terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, what other current events can we talk about? I'm, I'm enjoying this current event thing. Oh, are you ready for uh, the war with Russia and $7 gas? Yeah. Yeah, I'm already having a ton of fun with almost $4 gas. I can't wait for it to double in price. Uh, I thought we had it bad here. What are you paying? I think uh, $3.15. Oh, go fuck yourself. Uh, Yeah, well. It's $3.75 right down the road from me. $3.75, fuck. Yeah. Damn. I tell you what, it's starting to hit the fucking pocketbook, man. You don't fucking say. Hey, mister, I make more than all of my friends ever. It don't fucking matter when every two days you're putting 100 bucks in your gas tank. I know. Dude, I think uh, on my last fill-up, it it was almost E. I hate to admit that, but I think I put 82 bucks. And I, every time I see those little bitty Biden stickers, I just, uh, 
I love it, but at the same time, I fucking hate it. Yeah, because January 1st, I remember paying like a dollar thirty-seven a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw him do a press conference that was like, well, we've never we've never had to go to war and not make sacrifices. So, you know, that might be one of the things that happens. So I'm not looking forward to this whole thing. Yeah, it's almost like remember those pipelines we had that delivered all this oil that we used to Oh, you mean the one that went from Canada? All the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. Oh yeah, the one that uh, Trump put in, and then they were like, "No, fuck that. We're not doing this anymore." Yeah, I, I remember those. I know you're not talking about the Keystone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Keystone we're over here. Pass. We're over here bitching about gas prices now. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. To, I can't wait for it to be. $180 to fill my truck up every two days. Right. Yep. yep. I'm so excited for that. You know what I'm going to start not doing? Paying taxes. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw this. So just to fill you in, he wanted to talk about current events. And I said, are you ready to go to war with Russia and start paying $7 <laughs> a gallon for gas? Right. Um, but, uh, but I saw a meme that says, where do I fill out the paperwork for the tax credit on all the guns and equipment we left in Iraq or Afghanistan? Exactly. Yeah. No, no shit. Yeah. No shit. Like, where's my tax break? Yeah, where's but my yeah, tax break on that? But no, I, I tell you what, I can't imagine if we get to, what is that, back in 2009, 2010? Five million yeah, because well, oh, at that stupid. yeah, at that time I moved out to California to do some work, and I think I was paying five six bucks a gallon. Yeah. And dude, I was driving a bad motherfucker, so it was a nineteen uh, ninety. You've been all over the world, ain't you? Yep. Yes, I have. I think. I think in that four or five, four or five year stretch, I worked in eleven states, and I got to work in Canada. So I've been all over the fucking map. But uh, when I drove out to California, I had a '94 uh, box GMC K1500 with the four inch <laughs> lift. Yeah. You know the bad fucking truck. Oh yeah. And dude, that thing leaked oil like a motherfucker and sucked gas. I swear. I may have got seven or eight miles to the gallon, and I left from Louisiana to go to California. And so pretty much every every day I would just go to the ATM, and what you can pull out like four or 500 bucks at a time, I'd just pull out the max I could get, fucking wad it all in my pocket. Like every two and a half hours, I was paying like 80 bucks to fill up my tank, and it was like, motherfucker. Um, but I made that drive in two days, Northern California. I was pretty impressed with myself. That's so when, when gas was at four or five bucks a gallon, I was going to mechanic school. I was working at Jewel part time. Yeah. And I was driving a 2001 Ford Expedition XLT <laughs> with a 5.4 liter Triton in it. It got a whopping 
10 miles to the gallon. Yes, sir. Paychecks are about 40 bucks a week. So my parents paid for my food for me since I was going to school and getting good grades. But oh, fuck, God. I was driving 800 miles a week in a truck, in a truck with a 30-gallon tank that only got 250 miles round trip. Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> hey, man. I didn't do uh, I did a lot of... A lot of running her to eat. Fuck, I hated buying gas. I remember when I first started paying for my own fuel. Fuck, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, I had a 1998 Ram 1500. Oh, yeah. Some bitch sucked gas like no other. Oh, yeah. It God, sucked it gas terrible. better than a hooker on fucking payday. Then the transmission fell on the ground. Weird. <laughs> Weird how that happens. Weird. In the fuel pump. Change the fuel pump out in the old uh, in the driveway. Drop the fuel tank. Change the fuel pump. That was fun. The I'm sure the thing was probably a rusty piece of shit too. Oh god, it was terrible. And that was within like a month of having the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, great. I was not happy. So, my first car was a 1983 Mercury Grand Marquis. It's my great grandfather's car. He passed, I got it. Yeah. And, oh my God, was that thing a fucking boat? I loved it. Um, I drove that until transmission started um, not wanting to shift anymore. Valve body got all fucky. It was yeah. cheaper just to. Sold the car, and uh, how did I get them? I got an 88 Buick Regal Limited, I think. I think so rotted, it fucking more fell out of it. You didn't buy it separated. And then I had my expedition. <laughs> I drove yeah, that. I, so, so wife just walked in, so I had to mute it. But why in the fuck would you drop the fuel tank to change out the fuel pump? Why wouldn't you just take off the bed of the truck? Uh, because the truck was stuck in our driveway, couldn't get it. At the time, we were living at a house that didn't have a shop, didn't you know, no garage, no nothing. It was just the driveway. So we dropped the fuel tank, and then changed the fuel pump. Otherwise, we I, would have. If we could have gotten it somewhere, if we could, if we could have gotten it somewhere where we could have taken the bed off, that would have been much easier. But uh, we had to drop I, the fuel tank. Hopefully it didn't have any gas in it, because man, that would have been a motherfucker. Did you imagine no. having to do that right? At, I've always found. <laughs> Luckily, I think it had like a quarter of a tank. That's nice, because I yeah. feel like the three times my fuel pump has gone out, it's been like maybe hours after I just filled up, and I've got like twenty-eight gallons of fuel in there, and it's like motherfucker. Yeah. So now this thing weighs fucking two hundred and eighty pounds. Very cumbersome. Yeah, at the time I was in college and probably not a lot of money. So it was at the time of where, you know, you waited till the absolute last minute to fill up your tank. So it sucked up yep. all the dirt and shit out of the bottom of your tank. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. That's the way Dude. I was. Living on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's a strong enough tailwind and a steep enough hill to get you home. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, and I tell you what, I hate to cut it short, and I'm not saying we got to end it, but my wife just got home. She said, no, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. No, hey, man, I'm fucking working all day. I'm ready to go to bed. No, man. Yeah, me too. I got to get up and go snow goose hunting tomorrow morning. Yeah, oh, I've Jesus been up Christ, you're still high. Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been dealing with all that stuff. And so I'm I'm going to call it. I'm going to try to spend some time with my wife before I got to go to bed. So okay. but, uh, tell uh, tell Victoria we said hello. Absolutely, fellas. That's got to go to my wife. I'll let her know y'all said hi. So I appreciate it, fellas. Wedding, and I'm going to hop off here, but y'all shut her down. I'm sure it'll be a good one. All right. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Good to talk right. to you guys. Later, guys. Be good. Time.